privacy policy in terms and conditions posted at textplan.us. Texting and rules for occurring automated text marketing messages. Message and data rates may apply. Reply stop, opt out. The pandemic has been hard on all our kids. New studies show more than one in three children who started school in the pandemic now need intensive reading help. That's right. Millions of kids in kindergarten through third grade in the United States cannot read at grade level. Here's the good news. Your child can be reading in just 30 days, guaranteed, with Hooked on Phonics. Even if your child has been struggling, Hooked on Phonics will teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. And right now, you can get started for just $1. Text the word GRADE to 323232 right now. Hooked on Phonics is highly effective and incredibly fun. And everything can be done right from home and in less than 20 minutes a day. For more than 30 years, Hooked on Phonics has been the proven learn-to-read program that kids love to use. Text GRADE to 323232 and teach your child to read in just 30 days, guaranteed. Text GRADE to 323232 right now and get started for just $1. Text GRADE to 323232 now. Text GRADE to 323232. Lucky Land Slots, asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. 9, 8, 7, 6, Five, four, three, two, one. Oh, wow. There, I did it right this week. So, boy, insert it. Look at No one cares. Nobody cares. If you're a kid and like your your dad screams baloney when he like smacks you in the head a thousand right, times, right, right, Then when you're fucking like forty and you hear the word baloney, you're gonna be like, <gasps> my baloney has yeah. a first name. It's F E A R. Baloney rated R starts Friday. <laughs> baloney. Baloney. <laughs> Wait, is that that baloney horror movie? <laughs> yeah. You'll never expect it around the corner. Bologna. And they're like, no, we're safe. It says Bologna. Then <laughs> <laughs> they like look in a mirror. And like a bologna spelled out N-E-Y. Yeah, like a piece of bologna like raises up behind their heads. It's all floppy. <laughs> Believe in the bologna man. <gasps> bologna. Rated R starts Friday. <laughs> <laughs> see the person in the mirror. They're like, <sighs> they do that thing Bologna where they're man. like, Baloney man. <laughs> they like wash their face and then like the, you know, the, man. the medicine oh, yeah. cabinet is like slightly open and then they close it and then the mirror reveals the baloney man behind them. And yeah, then, you just hear, <laughs> <laughs> you just hear <laughs> scream. <Bologna. laughs> it's the stupidest fucking... <laughs> That's the stupidest horror movie I've ever heard. My God.
Jesus fucking Christ. Is there anything else? Any other like that? <laughs> I mean, we're three minutes into the episode and it's been nothing but clips and intros and bullshit. Anyway. <laughs> it was in drums, thing that I thought you'd like. I do like it, but Jesus Christ, with four other intros? My God. Wow. Ugh, wow, wow. Oh, my fucking God. Three minutes in the episode, I'm ready to kill myself. God. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> welcome, everyone. This is a special episode of uh, Crossing the Streams. This is uh, going to be a video game special. We're going to, for the most part, be talking about video games. I'm sure we're going to veer off into other weird things. Don't fucking fuck with us if we do. We, we can do that. <laughs> Uh, I'm, of course, Cripple Cody. I am joined by, so far, my favorite friend that has been on the show. Uh, what is your fucking name today? Polio? Yeah, because Poe put Mario's body in my head, so I figured I'd be Polio. Oh, okay. It's just as long as you don't get polio. No. That's why I wanted you to be Cripple Turtle. Okay, well, I'm not going along with those fag games. Anyway, so... Paul, thank you very much for joining me again on this uh, this special episode tonight. You are welcome. Do you still love me? Yes, more more than ever. More than ever, you love me ten yes. percent yes. more than you loved me the yeah. last time. Ten percent, just ten percent. Okay, ten percent more. Ten percent more. Just ten percent more. So you yeah. loved me last time at a hundred percent already. Now it's a hundred and ten percent. Yes, and it can only grow. It can only grow. It, just like my small penis, it can only grow from here. Yes. First of all, I want to extend a, a great big thanks to Aaron for this amazing backdrop. I love this backdrop. Don't you? Yes, he's great with that Photoshop. He is. And here's the thing. At first glance, you might look at this and think, oh, that is the original Super Mario Brothers from 1985 on NES. That's the original Super Mario Brothers backdrop. But no, that actually is not. Do you did you do you notice what that is? No, I didn't notice. I thought look it was the that. original. No, it is not. Look at the ground. It looks more gravel. This is from the Lost Levels, which originally oh. only came out in Japan. It was originally Super Mario Brothers 2, but it then it was deemed too difficult for American audience. So yes, that's how you can tell the difference between the original Super Mario Brothers and the Lost Levels, the original version on NES yeah. and Famicom because of the gravel that the, the ground looks. I think it looks a lot better than the blocky look to the original. But yeah, I saw this and it's like, man, not only is that an awesome retro way of doing our, our backdrop for our episode tonight, but it's from my favorite fucking Mario game. That is, this is my favorite Mario game, The Lost Level. Have you ever played it? Oh, yeah. I, back in the day, though, like you said, it was, we got that reskinned game. I can't remember what it was originally called, but All-Star. we got the Mario, yeah, we got the, the Mario 2. And for the longest time, you know, we didn't have the internet and all that stuff back then. So I really thought that that Mario 2 was the actual Mario 2. And it always bugged me because it was nothing like the first Mario. Right. Like, what is this crap? I never liked the U.S. version of Mario 2. I don't like that I, game either. 
I don't like it either. I, I think things up and carrying them on your head. I'm like, what the hell is th-? no? Right. It, 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 I I mean, I get it. A lot of people like that game. I'm not knocking you for liking that game. It, it is great in its own way. But what was that game originally called? Doki Doki Panic or something yeah, like that? Yeah, I think that I think that was the one. But you were a little. You were a little squinty-eyed Asian boy with like an onion-type head or bald head, and everything else is the same. They just skinned in all the Mario stuff, like Toad and Koopas and stuff, but it was like picking up onions, unlocking doors, picking up characters and carrying them around. I'm like, this is bullshit. Where's the, Listen, where's let's, the boxes? <laughs> let's set the record straight real quick on the Lost Levels. It is not a terrible game. It is a very rewarding game once you learn how to play it yes i get it the original super mario brothers it was supposed to be accessible for everyone they succeeded at that they did a great job on that and i think everyone back in the day and everyone still to this day knows what the original super mario brothers is the second game didn't have to be that it 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 was perfect the way it was like first of all if you remembered uh the original version of the of the Lost Levels, I'm just going to call it the Lost Levels for sake of confusion, so we don't have to keep going back to call it two. No, Lost Levels. We're just going to call it the Lost Levels, if that's okay. Um, the original version of Lost Levels had unlimited continues to where if you lost all your lives, you would go back to the beginning of the world that you would that you were left off on. Now, the All-Stars version, it had unlimited continues but it was even more forgiving because when you would lose all your lives you would start back in the beginning of the very exact level that you left off on i personally think that's a little too forgiving i like see when i play this game i play the original famicom version because it looks prettier to me yes i mean this is an iconic look with the straight blue background and the red gravel uh floor uh, ground and all that just it's great so uh, but yes, I will be sucking off this game quite a bit probably throughout the stream. We'll probably uh, even bring this up even again before the end of the game. Because, like, you know, they had other games on NES um, that was even more difficult. I think there was a term back then, wasn't it? It was called NES Hard or something like that. Yeah, because there was a lot of ga- a lot of games that came from Japan. It was too much for some people. They, well, this is too hard. Now, granted... I did a lot of, you know, saying bad language and, you know, throwing controllers, but I still, I didn't want to give up. So I had to just push through the anger and the hostility because they were, the Japanese gamers, they're like diehards. So that, that, that stuff was hard. Then we got it. Oh, we need to baby it down. We need to, it's like, I, I kind of, there were some times I'd get frustrated and be like, why are they doing this to me? But, you know, take a week off and go back to it and try again. But I did like the challenge. I think the whole point of video games back then obviously wasn't the graphics, obviously. Um, it was the the feeling of triumph. And, and you can't do that unless you have sheer difficulty thrown in your face. Look at a game like Contra. You know, that game, it was really tough. It's oh, still yeah. really tough. And, you know, and people love that game because you just try and try and try again until you finally fucking get it. Um, Castlevania falls into that category of hard as shit. Yes. I, I, a little bit of a confession here. I've never actually beaten any of the Castlevania games. I've come uh, close. Me either. Yeah. But that's okay. I, I've gotten super uh, close to beating the original Castlevania. Uh, two, I don't like. I'm going to be completely honest. I'm going to get this out of the way right now. I'm not a fan of role-playing games. Or um, what's that called? RPGs. Um, 
Yeah, yeah, RPGs. Because that's more so what Castlevania II Simon's Quest was, right? It was a lot more role-playing than it was just straight action platformer. Hello, Jess. Uh, I'm glad you're here with us. I hope you're naked tonight. And uh, I see you love Contra. So, I mean, me and you can shoot some aliens together. Uh, we can shoot some fishies together. I'll shoot fishies out of... Anyway, glad to see you, uh, Jess. Um, anyway, uh... Father Mahoney's with us. He said Pitfall Rocks. I'm not going to go that far back. The Atari, I'm not that old. Do you do you want to comment at all on those old games, uh, Paul? Atari? Uh, yeah, I, I, I had an Atari and an Intellivision and a ColecoVision. So, yeah, I, I love those games. I can't play them anymore. Like, if I could get my hands on Atari in the game, I'd buy it. But I, I'm not – it's not like – I. I NES is where, you know, like what we're doing tonight, that's where my enjoyment. Back then, it was just something to kill time because they were simple games, but I still enjoyed them, but yes. I play the yes, newer Yes, producer stuff. Mike. Yes, producer I Mike. For, but, I was waiting for Paul to finish. Vex tracks. Vex tracks. From, from, uh, from Atari? Mike, we were waiting on you. Um, I just remember... That they had like little cartridges that you put like in the side, and then the little screens that you would put on. For and ColecoVision. Then I... ColecoVision? Or are you doing uh, a television? I don't know what the hell it was. It was okay, like, yeah, the, the 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 controller was like connected by like a telephone cord or some shit like that. Don't you remember? God damn it! Why am I the only? No, I know because it had a dial on it. It, it. it it didn't just have buttons on it, right? It had like a dial or something like that. It was a silver knob thing that you could go yeah. up, down, left, right, and around in a circle. And the keypad underneath, where you slide the little plastic screens oh, never... covers, so you would know which. Uh... Like for certain games, yeah. you slide that in so you know yeah. what the button codes were for the game. That was in television yeah. and ColecoVision both had those. Yeah, that that's what it was. But I didn't do that too much because my cousins didn't trust me to do that. They just they put the thing on for me and then just be like, "Okay, here's a controller. You do it," and that's it. Thanks for your input, Mike. Anyway. A quick look over at the chat, and Jess uh, brought up a very classic NES game called RC Pro AM. Have you played that one? Yes, that was that, that was that was an arcade first, where you actually had the wheel and the gas pedal. Yeah. And when it came to the consoles, you couldn't control it for shit, and the car would go the wrong way. And right. Like, yeah. And yeah. plus, if I'm remembering correctly, wasn't there oil puddles that you would slip in? Yes. God damn it. It had some awesome music, and I remember loving uh, uh, earning the trophies. Wasn't that – I'm thinking of the same game, right? You you earn, like, yeah. a platinum trophy or gold trophy. Yeah. yeah. RC Pro AM. I think there's a second one, but who the fuck ever played the second one? Uh, was there a second one in arcades, or, or is that – you think that I, was in – I think it was home, home – I think the R, I think the second one was for home consoles only. I don't think it was in the arcade. Right. Because once those consoles started coming out and getting more popular, the arcades started to dry up. So yeah. if there was one, if there was one, I'm not aware of it. Yeah, I don't think so either. I know there's an RC Pro AM2 for NES for sure. I'm, I'm going to admit, I never played that one. I only played the first one. But I, I remember really liking the first one because at that time, it felt like a revolutionary game for the NES because you, you didn't see it from the view of... The inside of the the driver's seat, you saw it from like above, like a helicopter view. Yeah, 
It was I couldn't I, I'd play it, but that I my car would go the wrong way. I'd hit the sides. And boom, 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 boom. Yeah, because yeah, it, it, no matter if you're hitting a oil oil puddle or not, it felt slippery all the time. Yes, you're driving it, on I, ice. If I remember correctly, you started out with dipshit looking trucks, and then you and then as the levels would go on, you'd get into like a really sleek looking car or something. Am I yes. right about that? Yeah. <laughs> okay. You know, now Jess had my approval there for a couple of minutes with bringing up RC Pro AM, but Mike, throw out that last, throw up that last comment that she just put. Yeah, Kung Fu on original NES was fun too. No, it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> it was terrible. Jess, what are you talking about? I love that game and Karate Kid on NES. Oh, Karate Kid was worse. It, what exactly? You don't understand. I would spend hours trying to break the ice blocks and catch the flies with the chopsticks, and my crippled hands couldn't coordinate well enough to get it to work right. I can't. I just. I can't believe Jess tried to say with with credit or with credibility, kung fu on the original. <laughs> God damn, Jess, what are you smoking tonight? That's what I'd like to know. And then Nick says, "Road Racer is one of my favorite ga racing games, right next to." Right next Racer was the fucking shit too. Okay. I loved it. Yeah, cool. the fuck out of here. I'm <laughs> sorry, it's Rad Racer, not Road Racer. Uh, uh, Paul, remind me of, about Rad Racer. I don't remember that. Too I don't much. remember that one either. Okay, maybe Nick, go ahead and type out a comment. And tell us a little bit about Rad Racer. Unless you want to call in, we're okay with having a quick little guest appearance, right? I'm tr I'm trying to think if road if Rad Racer was something sort of like uh, I don't remember the name of the game, but Sega had one where you were in a Ferrari and there was a girl sitting next to you with blonde hair, and every time you wrecked, the car would tip, and then she'd lay on you know she'd be on the side of the road. I can't remember the name. I'm wondering no. if Rad Racer is sort of like uh, I, sort of like that one. I know it's completely different, but I was thinking of Cruising USA on the N64 because the girls in that game are scantily clad. I remember being a teenage boy playing that game, and my PP would start to get a little hard playing Cruising USA just because of that that that's, girl. That's the game that teaches you how to drive with just one hand. Yeah. <laughs> yes. Yes. But no, I uh, I unfortunately also don't have much. Uh, memory of Rad Racer. It, when when I first read that, I immediately thought of that Sega Genesis game where you're on a motorbike and you're kicking people and hitting people. On the, uh, remember that game? Oh yeah, the one from EA. Those evil bastards. I loved it. Uh, ah, what was the name of it? I don't you, remember. You get pipes. You could hit them with the yeah. pipes. And yeah, ah, uh, it's on. I have the Sega Genesis Classic Mini. The game. The game's on there, but I can't remember what it was called. I know I can't. If someone in the comments can let us know that, it, it, that would be great. Jess also says Jaws and Tetris were my other favorites. Okay, there we go. See, you redeemed yourself a little bit better. I played a lot of Tetris. I there was Tetris on the NES had some really good music that you could select. It wasn't yes. the original Game Boy music, of course, but it was some fun music nonetheless. Tell us a little bit about Jaws because I I didn't play that one much. Uh, Jaws I didn't like. Jaws was you had two islands, and you had to go back and forth with your boat. You had to wait till Jaws came. You'd have these little underwater mini games. It was just Jaws was too much of a. It was a letdown, and it was too too much too much uh, re, re, rinse and repeat stuff for me. I it took too long for what it was. It, it took too long. I didn't like Jaws. Jaws was right. Cool. 
I mean, this was definitely the time period where licensed uh, video games of movie franchises were not all that great. I mean, did you enjoy Predator on the NES? No, no, Me neither. No, no. Anything, anything made by LJN? No. There was also a Wolverine game on the NES, and I wasn't familiar with that color scheme of Wolverine because I was only used to the, the 90s cartoon series, and that was based off the original comic, I believe, and I didn't like it. No. Um, let's see, Jaws is my all-time favorite movie, so that's why I love it. Okay, Jess, you don't have to justify. Nick says, no chicks in it, but he's right. It rolled over when you wrecked. You'd go through checkpoints, and it changed from city to country. It was a timed thing. Hmm. Rad Racer, I think he's talking about. Yeah, I, I, I think I have played it. Okay. Like it's similar to that other game that I was mentioning, I still can't come up with a name for. It, but yeah, it that that it's yeah. I probably I've played Rad Racer now. That chat, I chat. What is that Sega Genesis game where you're on the the uh, motorcycle and you can kick people off of their motorcycle? Road Rash. That's Road Rash. it. Yes. Finally, yes. our producer comes in with something contributing. Like, God damn it! Thank yeah, you, producer Mike. And not only was Road Rash gameplay-wise good, they put in a kick-ass soundtrack to it. It was, you know, rocking jams when, you, yeah, it was a good game. Right. We'll we'll get to the Sega Genesis here in a little while. I have a feeling we're going to have a long conversation tonight. Um, I want to back up in the chat just a little bit. Uh, Rob uh, brought up Tecmo Bowl, the original. My God. That's, those were games, because here's the thing, I'm not a football fan. I've never been a football fan, but Tecmo Bowl and Super Tecmo Bowl, my God, I love those games. Te I, I, yeah, Tecmo Bowl is so awesome. I, I loved it when they did, when they remade it. And then they, you know, I don't remember which system it was for. I think it was for the PS3, maybe. It was just one of the arcade type releases, but they redid Tecmo Bowl, but they made it like it was. Uh, Tecmo Bowl, me, me and my <laughs> friends would play Tecmo Bowl like nonstop, you know, get together after school and not after school, but get together and like, oh man, it was like Tecmo Bowl was awesome. God fucking damn. That was, I feel like that was one of the earliest games that I could play with one of my cousins or whoever I had next to me. And it was, because let's be honest, the original Super Mario Brothers was pure shit as a two player game. It was. Yeah, because you had to wait. And the other person could play for, for days before they died if you got right. good at it. Now, super, real quick, Super Mario Brothers Three was amazing for two player because no yes. matter what, it, you, you, no matter if you beat the level or die, you're going to pass it up to the next. So, Super Mario Brothers Three, great game to play with a friend. But Tecmo Bowl was, I think, the first game that I can remember that you played at the same time with your with your friend, or in my case, my cousin. And we didn't know jack shit about football. We didn't give a fuck. We just liked fucking uh Tecmo Bowl. And real quick, Rob just brought up another game, Rampage. That's another game you can... I know we're jumping all over the place. We'll back right. up a little bit. But Rampage is another game, if I remember correctly, you you got a limited continues in that game and you didn't even have to do a game over as long as you continued in Rampage. I think so. Yeah. I, I love that one. Be, uh, destroying the buildings, reaching in and eating the guys for health. It, yeah, that Rampage was fun. And that was one of those ones that used to be at the, our local Pizza Hut. And so I would play it, you know, we go get pizza and I'd play it while we waited on our food. That was, I loved Rampage. I remember a quick little story here. You got, I just, this just unlocked a memory for me. 
Um, on my dad's side, my family on that side was a little bit more religious and a little bit more like uptight about some things. And, you know, this was before Mortal Kombat. This was before the big violence in video games was, you know, a, a big thing. But I remember my grandmother came back and was watching me and my cousins uh, play Rampage. And because if you think about it, that game is violence. You're eating people and you're crushing yeah. buildings and all kinds of shit. And I remember her like have it thrown a little bit of a fit to my parents, like what you're teaching Cody violence. Like that game is glorifying killing people and and destroying buildings with people in it and all kinds of shit and if you really think about it she was kind of right you know it's kind of stupid to think back now and like all oh, rampage corrupted kids but you know she kind of had a point but um my parents was my dad was is, was just a drunk and he still is just a drunk so he never cared what i was playing you know or anything like that and my mom was just like whatever like you know she i think at one point she said just don't turn that game on when your grandmother's around you know whatever that i think we all kind of went through that something like that a little bit as a kid right yeah yeah or in your case your 20s or 30s because you're like 100 now yes. right yeah 100 yes what, what kind of spe- by the way, what, what kind of special hair dye do you have to order to get your beard to have at least little like some gray in it instead of full on? It's all natural, baby, all of it. Oh, is it okay? All yeah. right, if you say so. Um, it's pretty much just from having your wife sit on your face, right? It's her juices that kind of make it young, she, right? She she's too old to sit on my face. <laughs> okay, we're not going down that road oh on my this. God. And if truth be told, she's a little too big to sit there, too. I <laughs> don't have your glasses on. She'll break your fucking glasses. <laughs> oh, my God. Damn it. All right. All right. All right. Back to video games. Um, I don't geez. like that. <laughs> <laughs> See, that, that, those are good timing for those. Definitely. <laughs> um. Yeah, so Rampage, we talked about Tech Mobile. Like I said, let's back up to Tech Mobile just for a quick minute. Um, Goddamn. You just pick the team you want. You, you, it, it showed clearly on the play-by-play screen what buttons to press like for a play, and you could just figure it out. You had your pass button. You had your tackle button, just all that. It was so fucking easy. And I'm going to be honest, I never all my life never cared to watch football, but Tech Mobile, my God, that was good shit. And it wasn't convoluted. You didn't have – it was – I think there was only eight teams to choose from, and they were generic names, Chicago, Atlanta, Philadelphia. There were no players in the, at the time. It was just numbers, and it was, like, <clears throat> simple. And it yeah. was easy to get into and just play – you know, you play it for hours. Yeah, exactly. Um, backing up on the chat here, I just seen that Jess uh, mentioned about – how she's not too fond of current day gaming because the tr- controllers have too many buttons on it. And yes, I agree with that. That that's an unpopular thing to say in today's world. But you know, you look back at the old style controllers, the NES, Super NES, and Sega Genesis. I think those three are, you know, Super NES started to get a little bit more um a little bit more, you know, uh what's the word I'm looking for? Um Complicated. I don't want to say complicated because it wasn't complicated, but compared to the original NES controller, you know, you only had two buttons, a D-pad, start and select. You know, Sega Genesis, you had, you know, everything on the face, the start, A, B, C lined up. I love the Sega Genesis controller. I know it hasn't aged well, like now in today's world, but I loved the Sega Genesis controller when I was a kid. It just, all the buttons always stuck though. And it, it broke yeah, that, yeah. When I got my Sega Genesis Mini, 
I had to buy the six button controller for it because Street Fighter is better as a six button game because you got the high kick, low kick, high punch, low punch. So I actually bought the the Sega Genesis uh, six button controller, but it came with the original three button controller, and I loved it. It was heavy. It felt it was comfortable to hold, but yeah, after a while, those buttons would stick, and it was you'd be like, "Come on, stop it!" You know, and it would be a pain in the ass. Yeah, um, and the D-pad was so different. Like, the, yeah. you could do um, diagonal directionals on the Sega Genesis D-pad. Yeah, where the um, Super Nintendo just had the regular... The Super Nintendo and the regular Nintendo NES, they just had the up-down. You could still go at an angle, do the angles, but it wasn't as set-up finesse like as the control pad for the Genesis. It was nice, and you didn't have the plastic going around the... Tr- the the buttons to help, you know, to keep it. It had more freedom to move around. Yeah. You know, just a random thought here, and I can't remember if they even ported it over to the Genesis or not, but do you remember Marble Madness? Yeah. That so, was hard hard to control on the controller. Because it was it, a rollerball, I think, in the arcade. Uh, Jess asks, what did you guys think about the NES Power Glove and Power Pad and related gameplay, etc.? I'm, Paul, I'm going to let you take this one completely over because I don't know if anyone knows. I could not uh, ever put on the Power Glove because my hands are crippled flippers. Go ahead. The Power Glove was dumb. I couldn't – I mean, it was, it was a good concept, but it didn't work very well with any of the games. And I can't really tell you on the Power Pad because I was a fat guy, and I'm still a fat guy. And if I won't walk to the mailbox, you're not going to get me to run in place on a power pad. The most I would do was lay it on the ground and use my hands. You know, the skinny kid next to me would, but I would use my hands. I was too fat. I don't know. I don't, I don't mess around. If I'm going to lose my breath, I don't want to do it. So it, I could be wrong about this, but was the power pad the, the thing that you had to use when you played that game that was in a, it was in a part of a, cartridge that was a three-game cartridge it was mario brothers duck hunt and that third game was it track and field or was track it and field used chat track and field used the power pad yeah and you had to like run on it or something like that i yes i remember when I, that was one of those things oh my god i was a kid and i would see my cousins doing that and then it's like i can't i can't no, play that. it was it was video games are supposed to be fun and challenging but you know it's that's some jane fonda stuff i don't need to do no exercises so, and by the looks of things, you haven't done much exercise no, throughout your no, life. No, oh, wow. now, I was a Sega nerd, so I did buy that stupid octagon thing that the Sega Genesis had, and you could go like this and kick and do back punches, and it would you would break the beam, and it would make it was the stupidest thing ever. It never worked for for shit, but I bought it because anything that said Sega on it, I wasted my money on. So. I never even heard of this accessory before. What the fuck? What was it for? What games was it for? Um, there was a game called Eternal Champions. I do believe that was the game on Genesis. It used it. Any of the fighting games used it. I can't remember what it was called. Maybe Mike can look it up. But it was octagon shaped, and you just stood in the middle of it. And when you would go like this, it would you know do certain moves. So. You had to go like this and look like an idiot. So you had to cut, close your curtains. People go, what's this guy's having a freaking stroke in there? <laughs> but you would go like this and look like a fool, and uh, but it never would work. So it was like, I hated the thing. What was, well, we're still going to focus on the NES for the moment, but real quick, what was that fighting game on Sega Genesis that also had fatalities in it, like Mortal, Mortal Kombat? 
Oh, oh, light Mortal Kombat. I that think it was Eternal Champions. I think it was Eternal Champions. That was the like, ripoff. Yeah, you could play like. I remember this one character. It was a black guy that kind of looked like the black guy off of Star Trek with the visor. I do think it was Eternal Champions. Yeah. There was there was another one. I can't remember the name, but I think the one that you're referring to is Eternal Champions. You might be thinking of Primal Rage. I'm not thinking of Primal okay, Rage. Okay, yeah. Primal Rage was the... Di- so, yes, it is Eternal Champions. It's Eternal Champions. And I remember because, again, like you said, there's no internet back then. And games that weren't super popular didn't get strategy guides that you could find at your local video store. Mm. Like other games like you know you would you could go pick up a nintendo power game or later on a, a, a magazine whatever it was for sega genesis and they would have oh here's the latest tips on how and how to do fatalities in mortal kombat 2 uh, but like if those games weren't popular there'd be nothing written in any of those magazines and you just would have to figure it out on your own and that's kind of the thing that i liked about eternal champions is you stumbled upon the fatalities in that game you know, and then it was like, holy shit, how did I do that? How did I throw that character in that fan, you know, and all that right. shit. I remember the one level, there was a big fan going off and you it just kind of screamed, hey, you could throw your opponent into this. But I as a kid, I could never figure out how to trigger the fatalities. So I don't know. That was, that was the one thing about those classic games like that, where you would figure something out on accident and then you'd want to kick yourself because you could never remember how you did it. You're like, oh, how did I do that? And then yeah. you spend the next month trying to figure it out. I mean, th- those those drove me nuts. Yeah, definitely. Um, all right, backing up a little bit back to the, the NES. A um, couple of people were saying, uh, talking about Blades of Steel, the hockey game. You played that? That one I didn't play. I knew people that played it. I've been in the room when they played it. But I didn't start getting into hockey until uh new generations so i mean i remember one of the hockey games i think it was one of the nhls for from ea where the fights were like really lame (coughs) you grab by the shirt and punch but i didn't start getting into hockey games until they made them a little more complicated you know uh playstation 2 playstation 3 i i was more a football baseball kind of person yeah so I didn't get in. I didn't do hockey in the early years. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I have played Blades of Steel, but yeah, it was nothing that caught my attention really, and which is weird because I feel like one of the biggest reasons it didn't catch my attention is because I wasn't into hockey. But I also wasn't into football and Tecmo Bowl. I fell in love with. So maybe it was just that the game just wasn't as well developed. Like Tecmo and that, Bowl. and that was part of it too. I grew up in Georgia. Um, we had the Atlanta Flames for a little bit. And then they moved to Calgary. So hockey's not wasn't big in the southern states back then because we couldn't go ice skating because, you know, the coldest it would get would be like, you know, 40. So I I didn't get into hockey until I had moved up north. Mm-hmm. Um, let's talk about a couple of classics on the NES. Let, you know, we talked about Mario 1. We talked about the Lost Levels and the USA version of Mario 2. Let's talk for a minute about Super Mario Brothers 3. We can't have a video game discussion without talking about what I do believe is one of the greatest video games of all time. Like, you got to admit, Mario Bros. 3 still holds up very well to this day. I I think that Mario Brothers 3 not only sold a lot of cartridges, but I think it sold a lot of systems. I think you had people who went to their friend's house, played Mario 3, and was like, Mom, Dad, you got to get off your ass and buy me this thing. Yeah. And I, 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 it was, it's, yeah, I consider it one of the platinum, diamonds, gold, whatever you want. One of the greatest games of all time is Mario Brothers 3. Yeah, 
Uh, Mom, you got to whore yourself out more on the street corner so you can buy me Mario Brothers 3, right? That's what some of the kids were probably saying. Yes. Probably. More than likely. Um, Jesus Christ. Mario 3 has the perfect difficulty balance. You know, that first world, it's almost like a training world, but without making you feel like it's holding your hand. Um, And then as the worlds just go on, it just gets tougher and tougher and tougher. But it it eases you in in such a perfect way that even if you're on like world six or seven, you don't feel like it's, it's too tough. You feel like you can fucking do it. I, how long, how long did it take you to figure out at the final boss that if you had the P wing, you could just take off and fly above the entire ship scroll and just stay up there. Did you ever do that to get through that level? Cause that level was a pain in the butt. Um, well, I'm, I'm 35 now, so I guess I could say I was 35 when I figured that oh. out. I didn't know that fucking technique. You could just go in there with a P wing and. Yeah, and you can fly, uh, just stay above the entire. Oh, excuse me. At um, least that's what my memory is telling me. I'm also old, so maybe I'm wrong, but I remember taking off at the first spot you could get a good running, fill that up, and then just go to the top and just completely fly across the entire screen and never get touched by anything. Yeah, um, I feel like now that I'm thinking about it, I have heard of that method before, but I've never done it. Did I was doing the method where, did you know that after Bowser smashes down a couple of blocks, you can get in one of those blocks and just duck? And then he won't, if you're small, if you're small Mario, you can just duck, I think. And he won't even hit you when he, when he comes down because his bottom half isn't even a hitbox on his character. Oh. Yeah, you know so that I didn't know. Yeah, I I mean I I know I'm fucking up some of the finer details, but yeah, there's a trick where you can just jump in one of those broken blocks and instead of because what the 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 method is that Nintendo intended was to, for you to get him to ground pound through the blocks to to you know to chip away so then he falls into the pit and then you're supposed to jump out of that that area right as the last second, but yeah, you can just you can just duck right there and oh, stay right God. there until the last one. And then obviously you have to jump out before he hits that last one. But yeah, you can just duck. He doesn't even have a hitbox on his feet. Wow. So yeah, you told me about a method. I didn't know. And I told you a method boy. Yeah. But three, three is the classic. I had many a nightmares on that one, that one world where the sun would come at you. Come and you try to, and you try to kill the sun and you'd end up screwing up that, that that level drove me nuts too. You can kill the sun in that in that level. Yes. Um, you can either do it with a star. Sounds like a job for Sunbusters patent my film idea. <laughs> okay, anyway. Um, yeah, you can either do it with a star that you might have gotten in one of the shops, or yeah, you can pick up one of the blocks, I think, and jump right at the right time and knock them out. Um, but just like the cloud Lakitu from the first Mario game, it will come back, I believe. Yes. Yeah. If you, dilly, if you if you fart around, he'll come back. I, I I do recall that. Right. Um. Another thing that like it's so amazing about Mario Three is that it has so many secrets, secret pathways, uh, Easter eggs, tricks, and all kinds of things you can do that still to this day. I'm fine. I'm watching YouTube videos that are showing me something different about the game. The game almost feels never ending. It 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 can. 
it can feel that way. And, and, and that's what I liked. I would, you'd have to pry my eyes open with two picks because three in the morning, I'm still playing. And it just, I just, I loved it. Right. Um, and then, and then of course, back in the day, we didn't have save states and stuff like we do now. So when you played a game like Mario or Sonic, you, you turned it off. You had to start over. You had to start yeah. over. Yeah, and, and and you know what? If there was one thing about Mario 3, the original NES version, that they should have done is they should have put a battery pack in it so you could save your progress or something, or at least right. give us passwords. Because, yeah, man, you're right. That game is too goddamn long to, you know, to, in one sitting. Right. Um, and, yeah, uh, speaking of secrets and all that, Nick just brought up the whistle. You know, it, it, I... I it took me a while to even learn what the whistles were and you know and and get them and see what they did and all that shit. See, that's why old games are all about, you know, finding stuff. Now you got to find stuff, but it's just stuff that's extras like finding this or that. You don't have to, you know, it's like I'm just going to play through the game and just do the story, but back in the day, you didn't have access to anything and you just you <clears throat> find stuff on accident. Yeah. And it's a, it's one of those things that like, oh, I wonder if my friends know about this. Yeah, man, like you can't replicate any of that shit in today's world because of the internet. Like, in, is it the first level, the very first level on Mario Three, where you can go and step on that one area and you just hold down, and eventually you fall behind the screen, and then you can run to the end. But you know how you normally you run to the end and then you jump up and you hit the box that's got all the star and the mushroom and the flickering but you can drop behind it and finish the level on the back side yeah um uh, you're close i know what you're talking you're talking about one three it's the yes. third level in yes. the first world yeah um and yeah that, that's your first whistle that you can get um I mean, how long did it take for someone to figure out how to do that i mean it's like boggles my mind that i never figured it out i eventually found it from somebody else you know word of mouth but whoever was the first one to have found it, you're like, what was he doing? Just moving and just ducking at every 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 step because he wanted. I mean, it boggles my mind how these some of these secrets were found. Unless I they know. could read Japanese and got their hands on something from Japan, I don't know. It <clears throat> boggles my mind. I know, I know. Um, and, you know, and, and the uh, the whistles they were cool to do. I, I, you know what? I guess the whistles were kind of. In, in a way, they were kind of in place of the fact that there was no save for the game. Because, you know, if you wanted to get quickly back to World 6 or 7, all you got to do is play through half of the first world and get those two whistles, and you can get almost back to where you were. So, technically, if you know what you're doing in Mario 3, I, on the original version, if you were playing on the original hardware, which, why would you? There's so many other options now. But if you're playing it that way... I guess the whistles, the warp whistles, were a good alternative to yes. that stuff. Um, Castlevania and Castlevania 2 were great. That's cool. Um, uh, Rob, you can have your opinions and we'll have ours. Uh, but no, Castlevania, the first one, that it was a fucking great game. Um, let's talk about Contra for a minute. Uh, have you, did you ever, did you like Contra? Not only do I like it, I also, I, I bought the anniversary edition with all the different game version super you know the super nintendo version the basic version arcade version the game boy version for my switch so yes i'm a big fan of it's hard as hell but i'm a big fan of it 
I totally forgot that they came out with an anniversary game with almost all of them. I fucking forgot about that. Um, I, for some reason, just, I, I didn't get into Hardcore. That's the one that was on Sega Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, but I played the original Contra, Super C, which for some reason Super C was preferred for me. I don't know why. I think because I liked I liked the, the way the overhead levels were a little bit better in Super C than I did in the original Contra. Um, but yeah, Super C was the one I played a lot with my friends. And then wasn't there a, a way you could give your partner lives, I think? Yeah, uh, I, I, yeah I, th- I think so. Yeah, and then they had, um, yeah, there's the code that Nick just put down there. Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right, A, B, A, select, start. That's how I get pussy. I mean... <laughs> It works. Yeah, sometimes. I don't like that. Yeah, she didn't like that either. Anyway. Um, but yeah, I uh, Super C was great for me. For some reason, the original Contra didn't click with me as well as Super C did. Uh, maybe that was just my age. No, wait a minute, because they both came out the same year, I'm pretty sure. So maybe that wasn't it. I don't know, to be completely honest with you. And then uh, when I finally got a Super Nintendo later on, uh, the Alien Wars, I think the third one was called. That game's amazing. Yes. But in your opinion, what's the greatest, uh, what, what's the best Contra game to you? Um, I guess because there's nostalgic, nostalgia reasons, I would go with the first one because it was the one that, you know, it was one of those games that taught me just keep your head up and just keep going. You're going to get it. You're going to get it because it literally kicked my ass on a daily basis. So I'd have to go with that one. Wasn't the original uh, for me, I feel um, I guess I should answer the question, too, since I also asked it. Uh, probably Super C for me. I Like you said, it's the nostalgia factor. Um, I do like the Alien Wars a lot. But I think Super C is the perfect balance if we're talking about Contra games. Um, so, yeah. But uh, if I remember correctly, <clears throat> the first, or no, excuse me, the last level in the original Contra, didn't they rip that straight from Alien, I think? It was like a brain-like thing that stuck out from the, and you, like, after you killed it, its brain was still there, but its face. But, yeah, they were throwing out all those uh, Xenomorph-looking things at you. The face huggers. Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah People correct me on yeah. that. Um, I saw someone say, oh, Nick uh said Jackal and Mega Man. I have no recollect of Jackal. I don't I don't. I if if it could be described to me, it might click. Obviously the Mega Man I know, because that yeah. was another one that was harder than Oh gosh! Yeah, real quick, Nick. While we talk about Mega Man for a minute, go ahead and type out a comment and uh, describe to us what Jackal was, and then Mike put that up on the screen when he does that. But yeah, Mega Man. Um, I only played one, two, and three. For some reason, I did not play four and five because I think they went up to five on the NES, or maybe six, maybe five. I think they. I think no. I think you're right. I think they went. I don't know because they numbered them weird after a while. You had Mega Man X. It's like, dude, you skipped a bunch of numbers. But maybe it was just five on the NES. Maybe six was Super NES. I'm not sure. I, yeah. The, to me, the only ones that matter is one, two, and three. Yes. They're, and and they're out, of those ones, out of those ones, two is the best, my favorite one. How about you? Yes. I would get so frustrated trying to figure out which suit to go for first. 
So I knew, okay, this boss, I need this suit. So I got to do this, get this suit. But I can't get this boss to get me that suit till I get this suit to do. It's like, oh, you had to, I had to, until you knew what you were doing in stone, you you had to plan Mega Man. You just didn't sit down and just, I mean, I didn't. Maybe some people were better than me, but I planned it. So I knew what suit to go get because I knew which weakness the boss right. And that's what that game taught you is you had to have a strategy and thank Christ it had a password system. So you could come back to the game later on. Yes. Um, you were talking about switching suits and switching abilities and all that shit. Um, Mega Man two did have an OP uh, suit and that was the one that shot the saw blades. You could take out almost anything with those saw blades. Yes. Um, I think that's why I picked number two. I, I like the music in part two is the best. Like I love Mega Man 2's uh, theme songs at almost every level. Isn't it weird that those newer, those older classic games for being such a small, you know, eight bit system or whatever, they, a lot of those classic games had good music. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I have ran into a couple of YouTube channels that just play endlessly old 8-bit and 16-bit music just that's it just play they just played old music on all the classic games it's it's fucking great actually um have you ever heard of a game called the guardian legend okay no this is the first time i've heard that right so the guardian legend is my all-time favorite nes game um it is a hybrid game it, it starts out like a top-down space shooter, and then after the first level, you you your spacecraft morphs into like a hot Xeno woman, and uh, you go into like dungeon crawling, like like the original Legend of Zelda, and you're on this planet Naju, it's called, and you basically the storyline is is you have to find all the self-destruct mechanisms on the planet and destroy the planet before because an alien race took over the planet and it was heading towards earth so you would do a spacecraft a uh, space shoot them up a uh, level first then go to legend of zelda style dungeon crawling and the whole point is to find power-ups and skills and level up your character in that area and then you get to go to another space you know and it just it alternates back and forth like that i'll have to see it I'll have to look and see if I can. I mean, I shouldn't say this out loud, but I should. I should look and see if I can find a ROM of that and check it out. Oh, I mean, the fuck! I I have. I'll say this out loud. I have a fucking great emulation station sitting out in my living room that has the shell of a mini NES. I bought it off Amazon for fuck's sake. <laughs> so uh, I don't give a fuck. It it um. What is it called? I um. Fuck, I should have looked at the name of it. Oh, it's called Super Console X, if anybody's ever heard of that. Um, oh, and they God. And Super Console X has a, a line of consoles. They have, like, the Super Console X Pro, the Cube, the um, the King, and all that shit. And I bought the Cube, even though it's not a Cube, but it's the shell of it. Like I said, it's an NES shell. And when my friends come over, they look at it and say, oh, is that an original Nintendo? And then I could tell them, no, but it has the entire library of Nintendo games on it. Um, and I also bought these really awesome uh, third-party controllers. It's from a company called 8-Bit-Do, if everyone, anyone ever heard of that. The best way I can describe it to you is they're Super Nintendo-style controllers, so they're like dog bone, you know, style. Right. Um, but... 
they have twin joysticks and the shoulder buttons, L1 and L2, R1 and R2. So basically has all the current day buttons on it. Oh, okay. You know, but it, it and it somehow works. It, it, it's comfortable to hold in your hand. Um, I've been told this by, cause I've had a few friends come over and play this thing with me and they're like, yeah, these controllers are great, you know? Um, <clears throat> but yeah, so I, ha- I bought that for a thing for a hundred dollars. I, I paid, uh, probably around 60 some dollars for uh, both the controllers. Cause they're not cheap controllers. Oh, look at that. Mega <laughs> Man. Is Mega Man about to give himself some head with that, uh, amputated female head? Is that what the <laughs> fuck are we even looking at? Is is that like a fan art, like fan fiction bullshit? I don't even know what the fuck what that is. Um, but anyway, yeah, I I definitely suggest that you go find a ROM of the Guardian Legend. It's one of those ROMs that works perfectly with almost any uh, NES emulator. Okay. By the way, speaking of NES emulators, have you ever used uh, one called Nesticle? <laughs> yeah, I've used that one. The The one I currently use is, uh, I use two. I have this uh, NES Topia. And I also use—I oh, can't remember the name of it. It's upstairs uh, has a little alien face. I, I use two different emulators. Um, because some emulators the, the ROMs don't work as well, so I use it. So I have different emulators. But yeah, right. I remember. I remember Nesticle. I don't know if they changed it, but at one point the Nesticle program, the icon for it was a hairy nutsack because <laughs> it's Nesticle. <laughs> Like testicle, my god, why did they fucking name it that? Jesus <laughs> but it was one of, at the time, it was one of the best NES emulators you could use. Um, oh, Aaron says, I got hit in the nesticles once. Ha, that was really funny. Um, let's go back on the chat real quick. Nick said, off topic, kind of, but do you guys remember a game system called the TI Texas Instrument? Have you heard of that? I think it was sort of like, I think I had some of the, it was like early days. I think it was one, I could be wrong, but I think it was one of those gaming systems where you use cassettes at a cassette player that you hooked into it. So it read all the stuff off cassettes. I think that, I think my cousin had a Texas Instruments computer-like thing that took cassettes and we played games on it. So I'm thinking that's the one that he's talking about, the PI, I I think. Uh, I may be wrong, but. That's interesting. That's interesting. I've never heard of that before. That's very interesting. Um, let's see a couple other notes I want to talk about with the NES. I and the NES is the first system that introduced me to shoot 'em ups, which is I call space shooters. Um, what would be a classic one? Galaga got ported okay. over. Galaga got ported over um 1942. Um, I really loved a game called Dragon Spirit that also was an arcade that got ported over to the NES. Have you ever played Dragon Spirit? Um, that's another one where it sounds very familiar, but I'm not, the recall button's not clicking, but it sounds um, familiar. Yeah, you, so Dragon Spirit was a really great shoot 'em up because it, it, it utilized both, um, so one button was aerial shots, and then the other button was ground shots. There's two different enemies in the game, you know, you, you have your ground and enemies, and then you have your you know, in the air enemies. And it was a top-down space shooter, not horizontal, um, like Gradius. You know, you'd have your other ones that was classic, like Gradius uh, and Life Force, which I think those games are too similar to exist. Um, They should have just had Life Force, Gradius. I'm not a fan of Gradius. Have you ever played Gradius? Isn't that the one that had the spinning mirrors that would come at you? And it was was top-down, and it scrolled from bottom to top? 
had tanks and stuff at the bottom, but there was this part where these mirrors would come and you'd shoot at them and they would just go tink, 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 tink. You couldn't destroy them. You had to dodge them. Is that Gradius or am I thinking of something else? I feel like I remember that a specific enemy in a game called... Uh, fuck, what was that game? Because you just made me remember another game that was also hybrid. Um, you started out. You'd start out as a fucking spaceship it was horizontal but then when you get into like this home base you'd float around like a cybernoid type of guy fuck I'm, i know i'm gonna think of the name of that game when we're much later into our discussion and i'm gonna blurt it out like oh that's the name of it but i i know what enemy you're talking about but i just can't fucking remember no it wasn't gradius i don't believe gradius was the game where when you'd get a power-up you had to decide on your own what the power-up was going to be. It could either be speed, twin shots, uh, faster acceleration. Because remember, you'd have the little bar at the end of your screen, the bottom, and you'd have to cycle through it and decide which power-up you wanted. I hated that. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, now I remember. Now I remember. Yeah, I don't think I played a lot of that. I think it frustrated me. But yeah, I do. I remember that now, Gradius. I'm so glad the name of the game I was just talking about did just hit me. It's called Air Fortress. Yes. Do you remember that game? Yeah, yeah. I feel like, I don't think that was the one you were talking about, but that also had a spinning mirror type of enemy where you would shoot it and it would take quite a bit. And sometimes you'd have to, uh, uh, sometimes you'd have to just avoid it. Uh, You know, there's, uh, that's what I loved about the NES. If I wasn't playing the classics like Mario or, you know, uh, you know, something like that, Mega Man or Rampage or Tecmo Bowl, I was playing shoot 'em up space shooters. Um, I love the NES port of Galaga. I think that is a picture-perfect port of Galaga to me. Do you like Galaga? Um, I prefer the arcade over the home, any home systems version. Uh-huh. I mean, I, I won't... Well, okay, the newer systems, it's like better than the arcade, and it's... but. I wasn't a big fan of it. It was too, on the NES, for me personally, it felt too slow. When I was scrolling, you know, scrolling around at the bottom, it just, it seemed too slow for me. I was more of a uh, Galaga arcade person. And on the, there was, there were a handful of games that I would prefer to go find a stand up our cabinet of it than play. Yeah. On the, yeah. 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 I would say Pac-Man would be another one. Yeah. Pa- like when, the first time I got Pac-Man on the Atari 2600, I was like, wait, this isn't Pac-Man. What is this? Right. So, so yeah, sometimes I prefer the cabinet. Aaron Poe says, I was having great Gradius and I Galagood until my molesticles were empty. Aaron, are you fucking high tonight? Like, what the fuck is going on with you tonight? Listen, man, I don't care if you make a badass artwork for our shows. Shut your fucking mouth sometimes. <laughs> I don't like that. Yeah, exactly. Real quick here, I believe we have a new member uh, in our chat right now, and they brought up the game Destroy All Humans. I personally have not played that. Uh, do you want to talk about Destroy All Humans? I think that was, uh, if he's referring to the one from the PS2, um, yeah, that I played it. I, I got Actually, I got it upstairs on my Xbox because it's backwards compatible. Yeah, I remember that game. It was, it was sort of like the 50s uh, sci-fi thing. Where you know you came down, you 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 sucked up. Uh, you had to take you you you'd get cows, and you'd you'd uh the military try to get you. You could, <laughs> you could walk around and shoot things. You could get up in your ship and pick you know you know abduct things. I think that's what he's talking about. I mean, for okay. a newer for for you know for a PS2, you know, I mean, it's it's not as retro as what we're talking about. It's it it's a good game. 
I liked it. I feel like I, when you were just describing it, I feel like I've had, I have memories of seeing it, but I, I didn't grow up with a PS2, so I never played it. Yeah, the but, cover, uh, the cover had a, a gray alien, you know, the big head, the little gray eyes, and he's holding a, a light, a gun, and he's shooting lightning, and there's like a cow being sucked into the ship behind him. That, that was the game. That was what the game, I, the game looked like. I think I remember that artwork. I've definitely seen it. I, yeah, I've heard nothing but good things about it. So. Uh, I think his name is Zupper Nerd. Thank you for joining us on our conversation tonight. I believe he's brand new. I hope he's still sticking with us. May, hey, uh, hit that like button, Zupper Nerd, maybe. Uh, get us a couple extra subscribers, maybe. We love Destroy All Humans, even though I haven't played. And I love you. As long as you're over 18, I will suck you off. Anyway. Um, <laughs> and now he's, like, clicking off of it right now. Get me the fuck out of here. Um yeah, so, you know, there's not much else left to talk about the NES. Um, I think we've hit all of our bases for the most part. Fighting games weren't really a big thing on NES. Uh, that that We'll talk more about fighting games for the Sega Genesis, Super NES, and all that shit. But um, let's see. Uh, Father Mahoney says, little known fact about me, it's used... It's used to work at an arcade and used to hustle on Mortal Kombat and Part 2. True story. Well, first of all, Father, type your messages out better because I can barely fucking read it. And uh, second of all, that's awesome for, of you. Um, you played Mortal Kombat. That's probably the only reason you grew up a straight male, honestly, is that you played a lot of Mortal Kombat. Am I right, Paul? Yes, but, but shame on him for hustling 10-year-olds out of their quarters. Shame. Shame. Yeah. 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 I mean, if, if that happened in today's world, God knows what the rumor would go around about you doing stuff to 10 year olds. Jesus Christ. Aaron says that was a game. They are making a revamp of part two of what game? Oh, destroy all humans. Maybe. I, I think that's what he's. Talking yeah. I about. think, I think that is what he, what he's talking about. Um, yeah, I think that's all that uh, that we have to say about the NES. It's not like we can't go back later on. If I have a, a random thought about NES, uh, well, one last thing on the NES, because I know you're not big on them, but my favorite all-time game for the NES is the original Final Fantasy. I'm a big person of RPGs, and that was one of the greatest games at the time. I mean, it. I love it. I still own it. It's a great game. So that would be my all-time favorite is the Final Fantasy. God, that's awesome. Hey, chat. Well, we are going on to the next console. Why don't you go ahead and drop in uh, the chat room what all of your favorite of all time NES games are. We uh, will we'll bring it up still. Like I said, we're going to be all over the place on this conversation. This might end up being one of the longest episodes ever of Rabbit and Red Radio because we're just getting fucking started. <laughs> um, Shut up! Update. Shut the fuck up! What? <laughs> anyway, um, let's move on just for a little bit of diversity we need a little bit of uh, some black consoles in our lives right now let's go on to the sega genesis real quick uh and then we'll after that we'll talk about the super nintendo um oh cover crappy nes games based on movies yeah maybe maybe another episode maybe we'll do a spin-off talk about that a little bit more um the sega genesis mm. now paul i'm gonna let you start this one out tell us all about your earlier earliest memories and your, your humble beginnings with our sexy favorite black console. The that, is, that is my favorite system for some Hold reason. Hold it up there. Hold it up. I see you got it. I, I, I got the, the Sonic 
for the, I have this exact same on the 360. It's got like a shit ton of games. Oh, all the all, Echo the Dog, all the stuff. I love this thing. Now I'm a big Sega fan. I had all of them. I had the original Master System, which took cartridges and it took cards. Uh, game cards. I had the Genesis. I had the 32X. I had the Sega CD. I had the Sega, the Game Gear. I had the Nomad, which was the portable like Genesis. I had a Saturn. I had a 30. I had the. I have my Dreamcast. You can see there's my Dreamcast box. Yeah. My, my Dreamcast is down here. I lived and breathed Sega. It, I was a whore for Sega. If they made it and they put that logo on it and that quality assurance saying, hey, we approve of this product. I bought the damn thing. <laughs> Listen, can you say this, the, the the popular slogan from at that point? Can you say it with a straight face? Sega! No, that's not the one I was talking about. The other one. Sega does what Nintendo. Oh, yes. Sega does what Nintendo. That's that's what we needed. That's the clip we need, Mike, right there. Um. Oh, and, and no. the, it went a little farther because it would be you – you would see all the celebrities like uh, at the time you had Joe Montana football and James Buster Douglas. So you would hear Genesis does. And then they play some music Genesis does. And at the end, what Nintendo don't, that's exactly how that commercial. I do remember that. <laughs> Jesus Christ. You got to give Sega credit. They went hard after Nintendo. They yeah. tried, they tried their best to butt fuck Nintendo as hard as they could. And they did some, I don't want to call it shady because it wasn't, but it was some harsh, heel turn type of bullshit that ju they just went full on against Nintendo, which by the way, I just said about five minutes ago, we would be jumping around a little bit because someone said something in a chat that I'm so sorry, Rob, uh, Paul, we got to go back real quick. We got to go back just real quick because we didn't cover the horror games on NES. We got to talk about those real quick. Friday the 13th and Nightmare on Elm Street. What do you think about those games real quick on the NES? Sorry, everyone. Nightmare on Elm Street, I found it a little more enjoyable because it was a platformer. You go in the house and you had side scrolling. It was a little more fun for me. Mm -hmm. Friday the 13th. I would have rather, I would have rather played with a man's hairy balls than play Friday the 13th. You, you would have no. rather played with a man's nesticles than Friday the 13th, right? Yes, yes, yes. And you wouldn't have to get me drunk. That's how bad it was. I would have, <laughs> I would have brought out my hands and said, yes, sir. You know, no, I don't. <laughs> my God. <laughs> no, Mark. Uh, no, uh, that, 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 that Friday 13th game was the, the shits. I mean, you couldn't, was. you couldn't kill anything with that stupid rock. Throwing that rock. And, right. Dude, like, it no, no. It kind of reminded me. Um, it kind of reminded me of that terrible uh, weapon you could get in Ghosts and Goblins on the NES. Oh yeah! Oh. That, every time I I would it, the damn thing I would always get it. I'd be like, oh, I didn't mean to pick that up, and it's no. Yep. yep. Um, we'll just brush right past this, guys. I'm sorry. I know we're going on to Sega Genesis, but um, yeah, you're right. Friday the Thirteenth. Other than the awesome intro to the the start screen, that was awesome because it was a big reference to the final chapter. Um, that's the only awesome thing about the game. And don't get me wrong. Purple suited Jason, yeah, that's kind of cool because they they redid it for Friday the Thirteenth, the game in 2016, I believe. They, they had that as a DLC, although it should have been free DLC. But um, yeah, I, there was aspects about Friday the Thirteenth, the game on the NES 
that were cool, but yeah, they just couldn't put it together for a good game. I get lost in the woods and then I get lost in the damn house. Wait, do I turn this way? And you're like, yeah. And the walls change. I'm like, how do I get the hell out of this house? Yep. Yeah, I didn't do it. What, Mike? Quick question. What does a DLC mean? Downloadable, Downloadable content. content. Downloadable content. It's the way ca- uh, current day game companies get more money out of consumers that already bought their $60, oh. $70 game. So why don't they just call it DC then? Because the L kind of seems redundant. Okay, I'm not even going to justify that last question. But anyway, do you want to? I mean, I'll give them this. Download is just one word, but I see what they were going with. DC, I mean, you think comic books, terrible senators. So uh, maybe that's why they decided to go with DLC. Yeah, comic books, terrible senators, or the best voice uh, actor for Albert Wesker from Resident Evil, DC Douglas. (laughs) Anyway... I real quick, you guys. I got a gush over the Nightmare on Elm Street game because I fucking love that game. That is a great like for the NES era. You could not have made a better Nightmare on Elm Street video game than what they did, and that that was an LJN game. Yes, and it was one of the good ones because they didn't make a lot of good ones. Oh, so, real quick. I'm sorry, real quick. Father Mahoney just reminded me of the game over screen on Friday the 13th. They said, you and your friends are dead. That was so fucking awkward. Yeah, it, but it was ballsy because, you know, back in the day when you played video games, you know, you lost your lives, but they never said you were dead. You just, you know, oh, your lives are gone. Start over. I mean, they right. were brutal. You guys are dead. You're dead, motherfucker. Yeah. Start. <laughs> but... <laughs> Um, Nightmare on Elm Street, my God, it had a great soundtrack. It had great, great music for being a Nightmare on Elm Street game. The fucking, uh, start screen that it was so scary. It had such a great graphic artwork of Freddy Krueger. And, and I like the fact that they had the balls to go with, um, the, the, uh, like kind of the Freddy's revenge part two graphic, because if you look at his hand that's not the glove. That's the knives coming out of his fingers, just like in Freddy's Revenge. The the yes. only yeah, um, and I loved it. Like it, everything about that game is just so odd, and it makes so much sense. You can fall asleep in that game, and when you do, the enemies are are stronger. And if you stay asleep too long, Freddy is going to attack you, and you have to have a quick little battle with Freddy. You have to find a music box to wake up. You have to drink coffee to stay awake. It is a brutal, difficult game, though. I will say that um, it is almost Contra or Ghost and Goblins level, almost, because yeah, it's got some unfair moments. But if you try your best and and, and you uh, you know memorize some enemy patterns, because I don't believe that that game has much RNG. I think it's I think it just has you know enemies come out a specific pattern each and every time. I think. Yeah. I think um. It was. Yeah. And unlike Friday the 13th, uh, all the power-ups and the special abilities you can get in Nightmare on Elm Street helped you. They were great. And they were based off... This game, for the most part, was based off of Dream Warriors, which is arguably one of the best Freddy movies. Yeah. I didn't have to run around looking for a stupid lighter so I could go into a cabin and light the damn... Yeah, I can't... I, I know a lot of people... You know, nowadays they think it was probably the best, you know, Friday 13th game ever. But 
I, I just, I thought it was trash. It, it was just trash. Even as a kid, when, you know, I, it was just trash. Friday the 13th made me feel more disabled than I already am. So, fuck that game. But, yeah. um, you know, the, the, the battle scenes with Freddy and Nightmare on Elm Street, the game, it, you know, it wasn't, it wasn't the best thing ever. But again, for the NES era, it was fucking great. Yes, it was a little silly. Go collect Freddy's bones and then throw them into it, that. That was a little silly, but it, like you said, it was better than lighting fireplaces and the fucking Friday Thirteenth game. Yes. So, anyway, sorry about that, guys. I we just had to cover those the, the top two horror games real quick uh, on the NES. Um, back to Sega Genesis. So tell me, because be a lot of people think back on Sega Genesis and they think, oh. One of the first games on Sega Genesis was Sonic the Hedgehog. No, it was not. Altered the, Beast. Altered Beast was the first one, and it was it was a pretty good port of the arcade original. Oh yeah. Um. It, do you do you remember the uh, the voice actor? He had a speech impediment, and when he would say "Rise from your grave," he would be like, "Rise from your grave." Yeah. And it and then he did the old "Welcome to your doom." Welcome to your doom. Yeah. Yeah. I look like that collection I showed you. It has both altered beasts. It has the Genesis version and the arcade version. Oh, but cool. I, I, I love both. I loved altered beast. And it would, there's another one that would drive me nuts. But once you started bulking up, you, know, you could lay down and do your kicks in the air. And, you know, it'd be a little homoerotic there with the, the way his legs were spread. He's all, but you know that's something that we want to see. That's that's okay if we can accept part two of Nightmare on Elm Street: Freddy's Revenge because that's a gay movie. We can accept the Homer erotica of uh, Altered Beast, definitely. I mean, you know, as a little boy, you, it, it made me confused. He's looking good without that shirt on, and he keeps getting bigger and bigger. Maybe that's my thing. I don't know. I'm just saying. Was it the in the first uh, level when you really bulked up, you turned into a hairy bear? <laughs> Yeah, you were level one. You were a werewolf. No, you oh. were a werewolf. Yeah. The, sec, the second level, you were a dragon, and I'm totally blanking out on what you are later because I think I and only ever got. And one of the levels you are, you do become a bear, like a, just a hairy gay bear. So it must be the level after level two. So level two is the one underground where you're a dragon, and then little things would jump on your head, and you'd have yeah. to move the controller back and forth to get it to come off. Yeah. Yeah, and, and then the boss battle in level two was the eyeball thing. Yes, yes. The, it's usually the, the, where it's usually where the game ended for me. I I remember I could get to level three, and then because of the hairy bear situation, I would just have to throw the controller down and just ferociously jerk off. Because that's what I mean. If you look up, if you Google hairy bear, you you're not going to see Yogi. You're gonna no. Yeah. You're gonna be you're gonna see some fudge packing cowboys. That's what you're gonna see. Mm -hmm. Harry with oil everywhere. Yeah. <laughs> All oh, wow. East. What? Dressed up like they're in the uh, YMCA music group. Yeah. You say, welcome to your doom. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> no, so, okay. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but Sega first tried their mascot with Alex the Kid? Yeah, on the, re on the very first Master System. It was a red. It was red and black. And it had a cartridge slot on top, and on the underneath, it had a card where you could put card slots. Uh, these they were cards, and you'd slide them in there. There's like a transformer type game with robots, and that went in there. Uh, later on, 
they came with an adapter for your Genesis that plugged into your Genesis so you could play your old Master System games, excluding a few that didn't want to work. But they told you in the instruction book that these five games won't work. But yeah, Alex the Kid was their first. That was the mascot they tried to go with from the Master System days. And I was not a big fan of the Alex the Kid game. Uh, to this day, even when I play it on my Switch, the Genesis Classics on my Switch, I'm like, fuck this game. I don't like Alex the Kid. It just wasn't my thing. But yes, that was their first mascot. Yeah, I've never played it because it, it just it was before my time of own, owning a Sega Genesis. I never owned the Sega Master System, so I can't really speak much on that system. That'll have to be your your topic that you could talk about more. But um, I'm trying to think. My first Genesis game was Altered Beast because I think I got that version of the bundle. So I had an original because wasn't there three versions of a Sega Genesis back then? You had, yeah, you had the original big bulky one that slid, that sat on top of the big Sega CD. Then they made them smaller where the Sega Genesis 2 slid into a tray with your Sega CD because they made it smaller. And I do believe there was one more after the three, but I don't, I never I, got that one and I can't recall in my brain what it right. looked like. Well, I think the three just looked like a sleeker version of the two, I think. But Nobody had any good things to say about the Sega 3 because I guess it had like audio or visual uh, issues, much like the second. Was there also two or three different versions of the NES? Um, you had the. Yeah, no, the I think there was only two the, the, the regular slide, and then you had the top loader. I don't think there was another one after the top. Okay. Because the top loader came out when the Super Nintendo was already out. Yeah. So I'm thinking there was only two. There was two NESs. I do believe there was two SNESs, and that was it. But the Sega, there was three. And like you said, that oh yeah, that 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 third. You're right now. I recall it. It was even smaller. It was so small you couldn't have put anything. The 32X wouldn't work with it. The Sega CD wouldn't work with it. So yeah, a lot of people didn't want it because it was kind of useless. Yeah, you could, all you could do. All, the only place you could fit it was up your ass. And I wasn't. In, I wasn't into that yet, so I wouldn't have done anything like that. Yet, <laughs> I love how you said that so casually. Um, so yeah, I remember in the original, the first version of Sega Genesis, didn't it have like an audio dial on it that was useless? Yes, no, you it had a headphone jack, so oh. you could plug your headphones in, and that was the volume control for your headphones. Did you ever use that? Yes, because there were plenty of times my mom said, I'm gonna beat your ass if I have to miss more sleeping, be late to work. So, yes, I would use the headphones. Okay, real quick, sidetrack topic here. Did, did you ever actually get your ass beat or get grounded due to video game addictions? Uh, I don't know if I should say this. Uh, actually, I've never gotten in trouble or anything as a child. My, my parents were kind of, I came from a broken home. My mom let me do what I wanted, and my dad let me do what I wanted. So, you know, I played games. You know, I'd fall asleep with the controller in my hand. No one gave a shit. I was a loose cannon. But... I did get in trouble with my grandparents, like you were talking earlier. When it comes to grandparents, you got to watch what the hell you're doing. Like, I'm a grandfather now, so my grandkids got to watch what the hell they do. But I went to a Sears, and I was playing Pac-Man, and my grandmother and my aunt wanted me to leave. Let's go. I said, oh, I'm still on my quarter. I'm still on a quarter. They said, okay, we'll go wait. They waited for me. I sat there, played Pac-Man so long, I peed my pants. So my grandmother was 
pissed. How can you pee your pants? How old are you? I was like nine, and I peed my pants over Pac-Man. Literally, I there was a puddle. Some poor schlub from the Sears had to come and wipe up this 10-year-old, nine-year-old boy's piss off the floor because he's a piece of shit and wouldn't fucking go home and take a piss. So, yes, <laughs> that's the only trouble a video game has gotten me into as a child. So, you... <laughs> You um. <laughs> wait, 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 Paul. I just got to say something. You know how everybody has drops on these shows. You you just said things during this episode tonight. Let me tell you, my friend. You were gonna have some drops starting this coming week. Uh-oh. Oh boy. <laughs> so just to recap, you were playing Pac Man. You pissed your pants, but. Pissing your pants didn't cause you to stop playing Pac-Man. You're just like, well, it's happening, and I'm too far into the game. So, pissy pants and all, in a puddle underneath your shoes, you're just still playing Pac-Man. Yeah, and I'm lucky it wasn't a lot of urine, or I might have been electrocuted when it went underneath the system. So, it's a good thing that, you know, I didn't have to go too bad. But, yeah, that I wasn't embarrassed then. I'm more embarrassed now, but I'm that kind of guy who likes to be open. So, yeah, I pissed my pants playing well, the game. I was too stubborn to leave. Folks, you heard it here first. An hour and 20 minutes into the episode, Paul finally lets loose his bladder. <laughs> anyway, I'm so glad we sidetracked on that topic. Hey, um, I had I had sex one time playing a game, so that that's maybe a future episode. But yeah, I me and my wife were doing it while I was playing uh, a 360 game online with other people. Damn it. Those are back in the healthier days for you and your wife, right? Yes, back in our illustrious younger days. Now, I if I have to concentrate on games, I can't concentrate. So that was back in the day, yes. You, you're a god, Paul. I, I'm, I mean, Jesus, I don't know anyone else who, uh, you know, within a span of 10 minutes talks about pissing his pants while playing Pac-Man and then right after... Uh, you know, fucking and playing video games at the same time. That's better than getting roadhead, right? Yep. Because uh, at least if you're if you're fucking while you're playing video games, you're not putting anybody at risk, you know, unlike getting roadhead while you're driving. Anyway, I'm done with this I, I, I never had to worry about roadhead because I'm so fat. The steering wheel and my belly don't give no way. So no one, I could get road handy, but I can't get roadhead, no. Okay. <laughs> You could just move your seat back, but anyway, I then digress. I, then, I, then my five-two ass can't reach the pedals. Yeah. <laughs> yeah okay. I knew we were gonna. Oh, God. I knew we were gonna get sidetracked on something here. God damn it! I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about before the the Pac-Man piss. That the Sega Genesis is the best. Sega made the best stuff. We were talking about all. You got the Altered Beast collection when you bought. Okay. Your- yeah, so anyway, um, Altered Beast was my first game. Uh, th- the Sega games trickled to me as as like an owner of the games because this was around the time, for me, my local video store was renting out video games. So I would rent a lot more video games than anything else. Um, I remember I rented Sonic 1 and 2 a lot before they were even bought for me. Um, so yes, you know... Let's let's jump onto the Sonic train for a few minutes because we got to talk about it. Let's uh, let's talk about we can just talk about all three 
of the Sonic games. And by the way, when I say three games, I mean Sonic 3 and Knuckles. We're not going to give too much attention to how both of them uh, was a two-part game. You know, they were meant to be Sonic 3 and Knuckles, right? Right. Sonic. It was Sonic 1, 2, and 3, but it was supposed to be. But there was something wrong with, with like, the, much, the amount of RAM or something for the cartridge, so it was too much for the Genesis to handle. And that's why they came out with Sonic and Knuckles, which you could plug Sonic 1, 2, and 3 into. So I don't know if you remember, it was a black cartridge, you put it in, and then you could flip it up. It was like, it basically, it was a game genie, but it was yeah. Sonic and Knuckles. And then you put the older games in there, and it would open up different levels. But yeah. originally, that was, Sonic 3 was supposed to have Knuckles in it, but they didn't have enough time to do it, because they were going to have to put something in the cartridge to help boost the RAM to get the game to run smooth, and they didn't have enough time because of deadlines. So that's how we got Sonic and Knuckles. So, I mean, there were four Sonic games on there, but Sonic and Knuckles was supposed to be three, but it got split up kind of. Okay, I'm glad we you covered that up. Uh, you covered that for us real quick. You summarized that up because, uh, yeah, I don't want to keep referring to it as four games. It, to me, <clears throat> to me, it's three Sonic games, just part one and part two of Sonic 3. Um, let's first start. And, and by the way, you mentioned something. Why didn't we even talk about this when we were talking about the NES? The Game Genie. We didn't even talk about that. Did you own a Game Genie on the NES? Yep, yep. from Toy Maker Galoob. They were the they were the ones that made it. And here was the thing about the the, the Game Genie. Nintendo hated it. They wouldn't give it the seal of approval. They right. they tried they tried to block it with all sorts of stuff. Sega was like, "Hell yeah, put our symbol on there and sell it." They didn't care if people were cheating. What, you know? So I love I yeah I had a Game Genie. I. I had to cheat sometimes. Sometimes you come across something you just can't beat. And sometimes using the Game Genie was more less about cheating and more about just doing crazy-ass things, and it was fun. Right. Uh, one of my favorite Game Genie codes was like this moon jump type of ability that you could have in Mario 3, where you could just kind of jump in the air and you could just go up as high as you wanted. It, oh, it just keep... Yeah, it kind of defeated the whole purpose of the P-Wing. Uh, the right. forever P-Wing. What was that? I think Mike was coming in, but I think he had a glitch. Yeah, I think so, too. I think he's ferociously jerking off over there, and he accidentally hit the wrong button. But, uh, <clears throat> yeah, um, if anybody's curious, you can go on to YouTube and find the story of the, the original Game Genie and how Nintendo, like, I think there was even a lawsuit over it. I think it went to court. Yeah, Nintendo, they did not like it. They were, they hated it. They hated it. Wow. But yeah, um, Sega Genesis uh, did have a Game Genie. I did have that. I didn't, I found myself not using it as much because this was at the point where I didn't really want to do cheat codes. I just kind of wanted to play the games. So Sonic 1, you know, like you said, you could, uh, you could put that, you could even put Sonic 1 into the Sonic and Knuckles cartridge. And what you would get is actually the Blue Sphere game. And supposedly it had thousands of levels that you could play, but I don't even know. Do you know that? I, that's what I heard. I, I don't know for fact, but that's what I heard. Um, it's been so long. I don't know. I'd love to get my hands on an old Genesis and find Knuckles and do all that. Because back in the day, I just put the cartridge in and just played the levels. I didn't try to find anything or experiment with anything. I know friends of mine would put different games into Sonic and Knuckles to get weird outcomes, but I was more of a, I just wanted to play the levels and move to the next. Yeah. 
Um, real quick, while we're talking about side things on Sonic, did you ever play or enjoy Sonic Spinball? You know what? I actually like that game. I know I it, it. it's like, oh, it's kind of lame, but I enjoyed it. I could play it, you know, sit and just play it over and over. It's, it's, in, my, it's in the collection also. I thought it was great. Yeah, I agree with you. I love Sonic Spinball. I do recognize its flaws. Um, it does suck that the original... Not the original, but the main game play maps, uh, they run at, I think, at like 30 frames per second or maybe less. Uh, and then if you remember, the bonus levels in that game ran better than the actual main game. Yes. Um, and that does suck. I will say that that game probably would have been a lot better had that been worked out. But yeah, man, for what it is, Sonic Spinball is a creative game and it's fun. <clears throat> yeah. I never liked the 3D, some of the 3D uh, Sonic games. Like when it got to the Sega, the Sega CD game was fine because it was just, it was still a side scroller. But when we got into the later years, when they stopped making systems and were doing their own, you know, like, like uh, they, Sonic was more like an RPG on the Dreamcast for one. I can't remember the name of the game. Sonic, Sonic Adventure. Sonic Adventures. I wasn't into that. I, me neither. Me neither. One of my friends would come over. And all he would want to do is just collect all the chows or whatever the fuck they were called from Sonic Adventure. And I'm, and the whole time I'm thinking like, what the fuck is this? This is not Sonic. This is like right. stupid. It just but, bugged um, me. You're a son, you're a hedgehog, and you're running around in a world with human beings. I'm like, well, this kind of doesn't fit. The only human I knew of in the original games was you know Doctor Robotnik or Eggman, whatever you want to call him. He had I call him Robotnik. Games. Robotnik, uh, yeah. Yeah. It's Robotnik to me because I'm again I'm a bigger fan of the original Sega Genesis games, minus uh, Sonic 3D Blast. I'm I'm sorry I know a lot of people love that game, but I am just not a fan of 3D Blast. No, you're not a fan either. No, I you're not like saying that just out of peer pressure, are you? I'll accept. No, you. no, it no it it no I no that game is. Trash. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, what um. Because, you know, there's not much to say about the original Sonic games that millions of people haven't already said. So I'll ask you this. What, out of Sonic 1, 2, and 3 and Knuckles, what, which one's your favorite and why? It was 3, just because it was a bigger game. There was more levels. It just it had more stuff. Um, I just, when, that, when I first got that first Sonic game, though, and I was like, man, Mario don't even run this fast. It was amazing how fast it went. And it still looked clear, you know, nothing was blurring on your screen. And then there was no slowdown or anything. So it, it was amazing. I just thought, you know, I'm like, that's why, for some reason, all my friends were NES. And I was like, no, no, Sega, Sega. They're like, no, Nintendo's going to beat them. So don't waste your time. But they stuck it out for a long time. So I I would say as far as like the console wars of the 16-bit era, I would say Sega kind of won that for the most part. Yeah, when Super Nintendo came out, that's after the Genesis, Sega got too convoluted with your 32X and your Sega CD, and I think they they screwed themselves over. And then the Saturn came out, and it didn't stay long because they were working on the uh, the Dreamcast, the Dreamcast. So the so the so the Saturn was like a lot of people bought it, spent all that money. There wasn't a lot of games. They they grew so big, they doomed themselves. They should have paced themselves better. They were in such a hurry to beat Nintendo that they let themselves go off the rails, basically. Um, another little side story real quick while I was thinking about this. Um, 
back in my childhood around the Sega Genesis time period, my parents, like my parents have never been gamers. So they never understood what the value is of video games or how video games work or the fact that there's always going to be new consoles or anything like that. I remember when the Sega Genesis came out, because by that point I had an NES, Sega Genesis, and a Super Nintendo. And I remember my dad and mom would get into these arguments and then my dad would say, that's it. No more video game consoles. He's going to have to, you know, make do with what he's got. And, and like permanently, like that's what he meant at the time, permanently, like, Sega Genesis is your last console. Hope you enjoy it because that's all you'll have the rest of your life. Like the ty- that type of shit. And it's so weird to think, right? Like even as kids, you you figured out that like there's always going to be a, a new, more powerful console that's going to come out eventually, and you have to replace your old console because there's not going to be it's not going to be a console that that uh, games are going to come out for it forever. Right. Yeah, you know, uh, unless it's the Nintendo Wii, because I, from what I heard, there's still games coming out for the original Nintendo Wii, like sports titles and shit like that. Did you hear about that? Um, is it fan based made games that they're doing? No. Or? it's like for an example, like Just Dance. Like I, I think there's a Just Dance like 2021 or something like that that oh, came out wow. on the Switch, Wii U, and the Wii. There's like like stuff like that. Man, talking about milking that tit. That that's like. That I I didn't know that. That's interesting to know. I mean, I have I don't have my Wii anymore, but it's like weird. It's like I know I, that I know that fans put cartridge based stuff together and sell it for like Genesis and stuff, but I didn't know companies were still making. Man, that's crazy. Yeah. Um. Going back to the Sega Genesis and the in the sixteen bit era. Uh. Speaking of a company that makes uh stuff like that, have you heard of the company Retrobit? Yes. They will sometimes make new cartridges of old games. Like, for an example, I think it was Retrobit. I might be wrong about this. It might have been a different company, but they just re-released uh, Double Dragon and Battletoads, or Battletoads and Dra- Double Dragon. That Remember that? Hybrid, or not Hyper Game, but do you remember that game? It was both Battletoads and Double Dragon? I don't remember that. I don't remember that. Yeah, that's a game that exists, and it actually came out on all three NES, Sega Genesis, and Super Nintendo. So they were all the the the, the Toads and the brothers were all in one game. Yeah, existing. You could only play you could only play as two characters from Double Dragon, and you could only play from uh, I think it was all three of the Toads from Battle Toads. So yeah, most people say it's a shitty game because it doesn't bring anything new to it, other like like the original Battle Toads does. It's more of a Battle Toads game. It doesn't feel it feels more like Battle Toads than it does Double Dragon. Oh okay, yeah, I wasn't aware of that. Yeah, and real quick, and again, I said we were going to do this often, probably on this discussion. Real quick, back to the NES, Battletoads, the original. Did you like that game? You know, I now I have appreciation for it. Back then, I hated its guts. It was so hard. Yes, and me as a kid, I didn't know there was more to that game than three levels. I only made it to the 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 level, the racing level, or whatever you'd call it. Yeah, that was it for me too. Because I I would hit, I was hitting everything. Yeah, I, no, that I hated that game. Now I'm older, I appreciate it. I still have a hard time playing it, but I have more I, I have more appreciation for it. But at the time I was like, you know, these these are the dumbest people ever. Just, you know, no, I didn't like it. 
That's another game they ported over to the Sega Genesis. The original Battletoads is on Sega Genesis, and there's no difference. They just upgraded a little tiny bit the, the effects, the graphics, and the audio. That's it. I think I have Battletoads on my Xbox. I think it was part of the Rare collection. Where, so I think Battletoads is on there. I'm not sure, though. I know somewhere in this house I have a copy of Battletoads somewhere, and it's like it's still hard. <laughs> Oh, yeah, I've never beat it, and I never will. There's a better chance of me learning how to walk than there is of me beating Battletoads. But um, I recently, just maybe a few years ago, uh, recently watched a full playthrough of Battletoads, and it's like, holy shit, what are these other levels? I didn't know this game had all this extra content. Like, it has, like, another six, seven more levels in it. And they get harder and harder and harder. Yeah, no fucking way. But anyway, um... Back to the Sega Genesis, I asked you what was your favorite Sonic game. You said Three and Knuckles. Um, mine too, Three and Knuckles. Uh, it, it's best balanced. It has the best of both worlds from Sonic 1 and 2. Because Sonic 1, the first level was about speed, but then as soon as you hit Marble Zone or whatever that second stage was, it's more about sh- like slower-paced platforming, sort yes. of. Um, and not, not that that's a bad thing, but... They were trying to be different than Super Mario, so the speed had to be there. Um, the original Sonic game, it's great. It has great music. That Green Hill Zone, the very first three acts of that level, probably the best overall level in video game history. That and 1-1 of the original Super Mario Bros. But, um, yeah, the, the original Sonic, I think that game is not as well i don't think it's aged as well as the other ones i think sonic 2 has aged very well the only problem with sonic 2 is the difficulty is a little unbalanced in my opinion like there are some enemy placements in sonic 2 that is just unfair yes but you can't deny the awesomeness of some of the levels in sonic 2 like the casino night level right i'm gonna buy the new sonic that's coming out for the new systems um yeah and I'm curious to know, because on this version here, this has the original Sonic 3. So it's got all the Michael Jackson uh, written music on it. But I don't know. They're, they're saying, oh, Sonic 3 is going to be the original version. But I don't think they're going to they're gonna have to change the music. So it's going to feel different with different music. I, I don't think they have to. I think they, I think they came to an agreement. I thought I heard this, because I know this question has had to come up by this point, because we're really close to the release date of Sonic Origins. And that's always one of the biggest questions. Is the original music going to be in Sonic 3? Uh, and I think the answer is yes. I don't think that they're going to have to do any different kind of music. You know, what's funny is I actually have Sonic 3 and Knuckles downloaded on my Nintendo Wii, uh, an official copy that I bought from the virtual console, and it also does not have alternate music. Oh, okay. So I don't know if that came out before the big fiasco of what, you know, Michael Jackson's library of music and the rights and the copyrighted and all that shit or what, but I actually never even had to ever play a, a version of Mar- of Sonic 3 with the changed music. So it's like, I don't think we'll ever get a. I have to have. I have it on ROM, but I don't think we're ever gonna get. I don't think they'll ever release Moonwalker, that game for the Genesis. Yeah, I don't think they'll ever release that because of music rights and other reasons. But 
and and by other reasons, you mean the fact that Michael Jackson Michael Jackson has moonwalked his cock right into little boys' buttholes. That's what you're talking about. Yes, I was going to. Okay, I let you. I wasn't going to go there because I mean the whole point of the game is to save children, and his track <laughs> record with children is not very good. You know, and that that monkey used to sit on his shoulder in the game and point which direction to go, and then you'd end up lost. He's like, "What the fuck's this monkey got me lost now?" But yeah, I, I love the game. I play the crap out of it. I'd like to see him dance and I mean, I love the game, but I don't I don't think we're ever gonna I I just it's one of those games that's it's lost the time. That's why I like ROMs. People think, oh, it's piracy. No, it's game preservation. No. It's the goddamn, and even I, because I'm real big against piracy when it comes to like new movies and shit like that. I know producer Mike's gonna come in any second now, and <laughs> that's why Cody is a fucking idiot. <laughs> Shut the fuck up, Mike. Um, but no, I'm against piracy when it comes to new content. But yes, video games that are like 15, 20, 30 years old from those old consoles, they already made their money. And yes, I get it. They spent these companies. They spend money to re-release the content, but that's okay. It's okay. Like I think it's our choice to to download ROMs. It's not that big of a deal, I don't think. Video games are a great medium, and it needs to be preserved because everything we're doing now in games are owe it all to what we were playing back in the day. Yeah, I mean, even even when everybody hates ET. But E.T. was a shitty game, but it's game history. Everybody should have the right to go back and try that thing because, it, you know, it, it, it. the guy made the game in, what, like three days or something? You can't make a game now in three. Hell, it takes you billions of dollars to make Grand Theft Auto, but yet this guy sat in his apartment for three days and made E.T. E. So, yeah. I mean, it, it, it's history. And that's what Nintendo does that pisses me off so much. It's Microsoft and some of them try to keep the old games going a little bit, but Nintendo, man, the first time, get that ROM down, get that ROM down, get that ROM down, copyright, copyright. It's like, dude, these games need to be preserved. You should be taking pride that these old I, NES games people want. You should take pride in that. It's just because it comes down to the fact that they still want that money. They they would rather re-release. Uh, another an example that comes to my mind is Super Mario 3D All-Stars, that game that came out on the Switch. Remember that was a limited run release, and I don't think it's even being sold anymore now. I no, don't. I, I I bought I got the hype and I ordered mine. My daughter got one and my son got one because I was like, I wanted to have them on my Switch and I wanted to play them, so I bought it because it had sixty four on there also Mario sixty four, which you talk about a convolute convoluted controller. That thing took me forever uh, to figure out. I can only God. imagine what it was for you. I trying to be mean, but. It must have been a nightmare for you when you saw a 64 controller. The N64 controller is the equivalent to a Texas school shootings police department stories on why they didn't get in there enough or quick enough. That's what the N64 controller was. Because <laughs> it's it's a mess. You can't figure... Like, that was the most uncomfortable piece of shit looking controller. And then they did... They, they justified everything with the GameCube controller after that, of course. But, uh... We're not talking about GameCube right now. But yeah, um, fuck, man. And Mario 64, that's the problem. The whole N64 controller was built for one game, and that was Mario 64. All right. When I played it on the Switch, you have to... My brain remembers where all the 64 buttons are. Now my brain's got to turn around and make them 
for the Switch. And, it, you know, it's just like, oh, but I still bought it. I still, I like, like, you know, I, that All-Stars, I bought it. I said, you know what? If it's limited time, screw it. Buy it. I don't care. Money, you know, money. I can't take that money with me when I die. So, fuck it. I'll spend it now. So. That's the exact mindset I have when I decide to go to the strip club for the umpteenth time in a year. So, yeah, I can't take money with me when I die, but I can take the visual of titties to my motherfucking grave. Mm. Anyway. Um. The fuck were we? <laughs> we, we were really? talking about Sonic. Okay. We both thought we both agreed Sonic Two, what still holds up. Okay. Sonic okay. One doesn't, but Three is the best of the of them. Got to get off track fast, right? Yes, That's we, we are. <laughs> but yes, um, I think when you get a majority, when you get a group of people together that are Sonic fans, and you ask them instantly what's what's the best sonic game a lot of them really are going to say sonic 2 and i think that's because sonic 2 was the one everyone bought the most you know by the time sonic 3 and knuckles was complete it it, it sonic kind of had a lot like it kind of become lackluster just a bit right yes. like it, it was sonic was almost passe by this point because the sega genesis was entering its what fourth fifth year as a console so that's why I think Sonic 3 is not well-loved as much as Sonic 2 is. Right. Um, but yeah, man, if you put those games side by side, Sonic 3 is hands down the best three uh, 2D 16-bit Sonic game because it has everything perfectly balanced. You, you take a look at the bonus stages, for Christ's sakes. You uh, No, the special stages, I'm sorry, the ones that you get the Chaos Emeralds in. The first Sonic game was a fucking acid trip that could yeah. potentially make you sick. The second, the Sonic 2 special stages were unfair and not fun because of the unfairness. You would literally have to memorize all those special stages to beat them. But then Sonic 3 special stages, the Blue Sphere game, that, that was it was like a game in itself, and it was great in my opinion. Sonic 2, that's the one, if I recall, the special stage, you had to run. It was like a, you and Tails were running down them things, yeah. and you had, yeah, yeah I hated yeah, that. Yeah, you were like a half tube, and the problem yeah. was, is when you would jump, Tails would jump a half a second later, and it, you would hit the bombs, and it would fuck up everything. I tell you, whenever I play Sonic 2 or 3, I turn Tails off. I I don't even want to play with Tails. Mm, I, I, no. I, he, he was an okay... Having him in the second game was when you first got it, it was like, oh, this is cool. He can fly, he can do this. But but after a while, you're like, nah, turn him off. Yeah, Tails can get fucked. Get sucked, get fucked, Tails. You know, I like fuck off, fly off, fly off to hell for all I fucking care. And you know, all, all my life, I thought Tails was a girl, you know, because you know, you would hear him in the cartoon series and then later video games. And it was always have that. And I think, wasn't it a woman that voiced tales in the newest Sonic movie, even though I haven't I, seen it yet. I, I think so. Yeah. I think it, her name was Colleen something. Uh, yeah. yeah. So, it, and Sonic had that girl, Amy, and they brought Amy in later. See, now I'm going to say this Sonic. I totally believe Sonic is at fault for having furries. I think for all these people who are furries, their love for it started when they fell in love with Sonic the Hedgehog and all his all his people. That's what yeah. I think. Because uh, well, Amy was probably one of the first sex appeal 
video game characters, right? Because that was the whole thing. She was in love with Sonic. She wanted to hump Sonic and yeah. and all that. So they, as the games went on, they just kind of made her more sexier. So, yeah. but yeah, I, I think like Sonic, Tails, and Knuckles, and Robotnik, the, and maybe Metal Sonic. That that's the games that, that that's the characters that should have stuck, you know. And then then we got all these other characters, and don't even get me on started on Big the Cat. Mentally, like Big the Cat was just a mentally disabled human being. That's all Big the Cat was. Wait, who was this Amy that you speak of? Oh God, you don't know Amy. She was she had, she had a shapely figure. She had nice rack, um, and she you know had lipstick, and she just she was literally made to get young boys excited because I don't see any other purpose for her. And yep. Wait, wait, wait. You know, be in love with so, me, we'll make Amy. Wait, so a human wanted to fuck a hedgehog. No, but, Amy's but, not but, a human. She's a hedgehog too. No, yeah, but but she had what? the most but but Amy had the most human features out of all yes. the characters. Yes, yes. She what? was still a hedgehog, which Google her. Google her right now, Mike. Whip your Google. cock out and Google her. And you'll come across fan fiction, erotic fan fiction about Sonic. Trust me, it's a weird world. It's a weird world out there for Sonic. There is a lot. There's a lot of Sonic fan fiction out there. It's crazy, disgusting, actually. Oh God. Okay, he's he's about to jack off. But um, yeah. So uh, hands down, Sonic Three and Knuckles, best one out of all of them. And, and, you know, and every level had boss battles. They weren't the best boss battles, but you ended each level with a boss battle. And I will say the best boss battle out of all the Sonic games probably is the one at the end of 2, because, like, that is, that's probably the best boss battle. It's a little tough. You know, the big egg robot, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. You just, once Um, you get the timing and everything, you can get into the motion. But every time I'd get to it, it was like... Like I'd never been there before. I'd be messing up, but once you start getting into it, then you're like, okay, I can do this. And then you're like, yeah. it's like, okay, I'm done. And plus, and that, and and Sonic Two, when you would start that zone to start right off on the boss battles, so there was no rings, right. so it was it was a one hit kill situation every time you would start in that level, except maybe the first time when you'd first get there in your game. But um, so yeah, Sonic Three, hands down for both of us. I think that one that one's the best out of those ones. So, I mentioned earlier that the NES was not good on fighting games. Sega Genesis, however, is the console that did introduce me to fighting games. Now, I want to start off on a wacky one real quick, because otherwise we're going to skip right past it. Did you play Clay Fighter? Yes. Yes, Clay Fighter. I loved it. It was, it had a steep learning curve, Mm -hmm. and some of it was, some of it was like slow, but once you got, once you figured it out, it was fun. I liked Clay Fighters, and it was different because it wasn't humans or raptors. It was these weird looking, you know. Yeah, I I liked Clay Fighters. Yeah, I I played as Ichabod Crane quite a bit because he had like a pumpkin head. Yeah, and then and he had the top hat. Didn't he have a top hat too? With the, I think oh, on so. his pumpkin head. Yeah, and then there was like almost like a Frosty the Snowman type of character, but it wasn't Frosty. Yes. Yeah. And then like, yeah. And then and then there was like a Laffy Taffy type of character too. I I think the Laffy Taffy guy was the one I used the most because he was goofy looking. But he had some pretty. He was hard to hit. He was a 
He, it was a good, I thought he was a, what I would call the cheese character. The one you always pissed your friends off with. Cause you knew how to do it just right. And they'd be like, I can't, I can't get past that. Quit doing that. Yeah. Like, no, I'm gonna keep. Yeah. I, I used, I played the, I played with the Laffy Taffy guy. <laughs> yeah. Um, Clay Fighters, you know, I, I think that's another game that didn't age well at all. I, I think, like, if you went back and played that now, I think the game probably plays like shit now, if I'm remembering correctly. But the nostalgia factor <clears throat> of it and just the visuals of it alone and, and the concept of it, like, that was unique for a fighting game. Yeah, it was, it was different. We had, you know, up to that point, it was all Street Fighters and Mortal Kombat. And it's like, you know, this was the first, you know, Streets of Rage. This was different. And, and and to me, it looked like it was, I don't know how to say it. It 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 looked like it wasn't, they weren't there. That like, there was like uh, Claymation, you know, like, you know. Yes. Like those old, those <clears throat> old, those old uh, Rudolph the Red Nose and all that from back in the day where it was stop motion, where they were, you know, it kind of looked like Claymation to me. And I was like, okay, this is totally different. Yeah. And that, and again, that's what made it stand out from the crowd. Now, Clay Fighters, that wasn't an arcade game originally, was it? No, I think it was a console only thing. Yeah, I think so too. And then I, I also remember, did they come out with Clay Fighter 64 on the N64? You know, I have a, my brain thinks there was, but I could be wrong, but I do believe there was a Clay Fighter 64. I, I think there was, and I think I bought it. And then I just, I think I just immediately put it down. Cause it's like, this is no different than Clay Fighters on the Sega Genesis. See how you see how you say you you bought it and then you put it down. That's the one thing I will say I loved about the video game, uh, the v video rental stores back in those days. I got to save some money because I could go rent it. So I just had to be patient and wait for you know Susie and Bob to return their copy, but I could rent it because there were a lot of for as many gems as we had back then, we had three times the amount of crap. So I love the fact that some of the stuff was rental. Like I knew if it said Mario or Sonic or something, I was gonna buy it no no matter what. But when I first played Clay Fighter, I rented it first. It, it, I liked it, so then I went and bought it. Even if it was Mario Paint, did you buy Mario Paint? Man, I had Mario Paint. I had that music one too. Do, 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 where you could make the mute. That was Mario Paint, wasn't was it? it? Where Mar you could make the music. I think it yeah, was. I think so. Yeah. You had to have the mouse. You could get the and mouse with it. There was also a Sonic version of Mario Paint, but I don't remember what it was called. If that I didn't have, but yeah. now look for it, see if I can find it. Yeah, I didn't have that one. You're welcome. Um, but yeah, I, uh, you know, Clay Fighters was something, and you know, you brought up a fact that it just unlocked a different memory for me, and I think this is well known knowledge now. But you know that Sega Genesis, Sega back then was intentionally making their games hard because of the rental market, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. They, because that's what they wanted. They wanted people to keep renting and renting and renting, and then eventually people would buy their games. Now, I don't know how that revenue worked because I thought, as a kid, I thought, oh, you rent a game from a video store, that money's going just to the video store. But I guess that wasn't the case at all. No, they bought the game. That's why back in those days, you know, you'd go and you'd look up some of those movies. Like my dad was in the music business. So I would look at catalogs that he got for music stores for them to buy stuff. And literally VHS and beta movies back then, it'd be like $80 for the damn, you know, Star Wars on beta was like $80. So the video store, that's why people would, you know, they lose the video and they get their credit card bill like $80. Why was that movie $80? Because that's how much they were. They were expensive. 
but I, I think the movie industry was getting some money from the rentals, but the video games industry was not. They were strictly, you bought the game and that was the end of it. They, they were done. So, yeah. So, but yeah, I think you're right. Make the game harder because at some point your dad's going to be like, what the fuck is wrong with you? Just buy the game. You're going to rent it 15 times. You might as well have bought it twice. So grow up and just buy the game. That's, you know, that that's my impression of a dad. Yeah, most dads are actually like, well, you're a fucking retard, son. You just buy the fucking game and beat it before I beat you, bitch. <laughs> but uh, no, that just kind of reminded me you were talking about how because betas and VHS tapes were super expensive. If you go back and watch one of the old episodes of Shutter Showdown that Mike and I did on the original Child's Play, I think we added a uh pr- a promote promotional commercial about how Chucky was promoting buying the original Child's Play for eighty nine ninety nine on the VHS, and it's like what? Like yeah, it was expensive. Just like the kids nowadays. I I, I it, it, you know being a Gen Xer, I like to just sit back and monitor everything. You know, the boomers are this way and the millennials are that way. And it's like, they're complaining. I can't believe I got to pay $69 for this game. Dude, back in the day, we were paying $69 for Genesis games. Mortal Kombat for the Genesis, I do believe. I saw an ad once, an old ad for, for Toys R Us, $79.99. I don't doubt it. Um, I thought I remember hearing that, was it Virtual Racer for uh, Sega Genesis? That was the most expensive game on Sega Genesis. I think that was $120. Yeah, I think it was. My fan- There's a game that I like, RPGs, uh, Fantasy Star 4, or th- I think it was, I don't remember, I think it was 4. It was a $90 game. Hell, even in this collection, in the instruction manual, it says, "Don't forget that you had, you know, it's telling the history of the game, and it said it was the most, ex- one of the most expensive Genesis games. And here you're getting it in an entire collection for thirty dollars. You're welcome. So even they know the games back then were expensive. So it said that it said yeah, that people, instruction yeah, manual. Yeah, I think it. I think it. I don't know if you could even see it. Were you sure you weren't high when you thought that you read that? No, I, if it's in the game, I'll take a screenshot of it and I will have because I think it's in the. Oh wow! I still have my receipt from uh, from GameStop. Oh wow! I bought this on uh, July twenty fourth, two thousand and twelve. Oh, awesome! I believe I also had that collection. I bought a couple of different Sega Genesis collections. I um I recently bought it was for PS four. It was another Sega Genesis collection, and you you your the main like menu was like a room, a bedroom. You know what I'm yeah, talking that's- about. That's the one that they released also I have on the Switch where you have a TV over here and your game system's underneath and then yep. over here all your games are on the shelf. Yeah. 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 That's, yeah, I love yeah. that. Yeah, I, I, that, I love it too. That was the first uh, console. That was the first uh, disc game, I guess. You, that was the first collection that introduced me to Alien Soldier. Have yeah, you oh, that's a fun, yeah, that's a fun game. I fucking love Alien Soldier. Like, that... You, how do you even describe that? That's like a run and gun kind of like Gunstar Heroes type of game, but it's just a boss rush. Yeah, like, and it's crazy, and but it's crazy good if you once you get the hang of it. Now you want to talk about a sh- now for me? I don't know if you ever played it, but I hated Echo the Dolphin. I hated, I hated it that too. game. I was like, what? The- I rent, I rented it. So I didn't waste the money, but I rented it, and I'm like, what is this trash? I was mad I wasted the $3. It was terrible. 
I, I couldn't figure it out. Maybe I'm just dumb, but I couldn't figure it out. It was terrible. I would turn it on. I just remember turning that game on. And at first, when you're first let, because they let you get uh, used to the controls a little bit. And then you kind of decide when you're ready to jump up in the air. And then everything just kind of sw- sucks up like in a fucking tornado or whatever. But then, and that's when the game actually starts. But then that's when I would turn it off because it's like, well, I don't like the gameplay of this. So, and then I think they came out with Echo Jr. and all that bullshit. But yeah. who the fuck, who the fuck cares about that? Um, real quick before I forget, back to the PS4 collection that we were talking about. Not just, not only did it introduce me to Alien Soldier, which was amazing, but I also really liked that collection because you can play the like the um, like the Japanese, the Mega Drive versions of some of those games. So, for an example, you can play Bare Knuckle 3 instead of Streets of Rage 3, which is a better version of Streets of Rage 3. Yep. They also did that on the Sega Genesis Mini. They put some Japanese, uh, you could change the menu, and then you've got the Master, uh, some of the Japanese Mega Drive games. So, yeah, I like the way they do that. Yeah. I don't know if you're aware of this, but they announced this week, Sega did, they're coming out with a second new Mini, but it's going to have CD games and stuff in it. Yes, I did. That was quite a surprise to me because I thought maybe the mini console craze, I thought maybe that was done and over with a couple of years ago. I I, I hope it's not I, I hope it's not popular just for the sake so I can get my hands on one. Cause it was I was it, I was I didn't get the NES mini, then my son bought one second hand, but that person used it and hacked it and put all the NES games into it. I did get my hands on the super the Sega the Sega. The Super NES Classic, I got my hands on the Sega Genesis one, and I got my hands on the TurboGrafx-16 one. But yeah. I got to get my hands on this new one. I hope I hope it's not that popular so I can get one. <laughs> I didn't get the Sony one, though. The Sony one sucked. I did hear that was the only one that was terrible. Yeah. And I, I did also hear that the TurboGrafx Mini wasn't the, that great, but it also wasn't bad either. What I like about it is it has the Japanese. It was called in Japan. It was called the PC Engine. Yeah. So it's got a lot of PC Engine games on there, and I had to go online to look for. Uh, uh, so uh, it's all in Japanese, so I had to look up what they're saying, uh, like scribs of what it's saying. But there's a game in there from uh, Kojima, the guy who does the Metal Gear stuff, called Snatchers. And it was a Sega CD game, and it's one of those Sega CD games that is like four or five hundred bucks because it's so super rare. But it's on the PC Engine, but it's in Japanese. But you go online and look. But I, I just the TurboGrafx sixteen was the one system. There were two systems I never owned, and I was still would like to buy them before I die. An well, original, you, better it, you better do it soon, old man. I need. I want to get an original TurboGrafx sixteen, and I always wanted a Neo Geo. But when it was $600, the cartridges were like $200. The cartridges were like huge. I always wanted, because you could take your Neo Geo memory card to the arcade, plug it in, play the game, and it would download all the saves and stuff. And then when you could go home and put that same disc in and put it your card in there, and it would remember all your scores and everything from the arcade. But I could never afford it because, you know. Oh, Wow. That's can, I didn't know that that's what Neo Geo was. That's a that's a fucking cool concept right there. Yeah, it, it was a very expensive. It was the closest system to the arcade. If you had a version, if you had a game on your Neo Geo at home, it most likely was almost an exact copy of the arcade. Whereas the Super Nintendo and the Genesis and all that, they had 
they had arcade games there, but they were slower. They had to change them because of graphics. The Neo Geo was a powerful machine. But when you're making $425 an hour somewhere, $600 is a big jump. So I never got it. But now they're more expensive. So maybe one day I'll find one and boy, you know, it can grace my collection. But I you always just, wanted one of those. You just dated yourself big time. $425 an hour. That was back in the <laughs> days that Jesus Christ was still alive, eh? Wow. Um that's a cool story about Neo Geo. Well, I think I think we're both learning some cool things about video games in general during this episode. Oh, um, yeah. We we touched on it a little bit, so let's go on to the next great subject of the Sega Genesis beat 'em ups. Let's talk about Streets of Rage. I mean, because we were talking about the third one real quick, but let's talk about the Streets of Rage uh, uh, franchise in general. I love Streets of Rage, and Streets of Rage opened up the doors for so many other games that were like it. Some like Spider Man had a beat 'em up game that was awesome. Maximum Carnage, oh, all Maximum that, Carnage? all did that you, thanks to Streets of Rage because it was it set up. You know, I love it. Real quick, did you have the red cartridge of Maximum Carnage? Yes, on the Super Nintendo and on the Genesis, I bought both, and because I thought it was cool that the cartridges. Plus, I was a big comic book fan back then. Yeah. And I love the the Venom the the car, Carnage character thrown into with Spider Man and Venom blew my mind. So yes, I had both copies of Maximum Carnage, and I the music was so awesome. Maximum Carnage is on all both systems. It's another one that I say is a classic game. It's just yeah. beautiful. Um, do you have any recollect of the TV commercial for Maximum Carnage? No, I I have to go on YouTube and look. But I don't. I have no recollection of the. When you get a chance, go look at that because it was fucking scary as a kid because it was just it was like a um it was like New York. It just showed people walking around and and then the sky the the, the clear blue sky turns red all of a sudden as if like hell is coming to earth and that and carnage just comes out through the clouds and just almost like comes down to attack. New Yorkers, and then it uh, maximum carnage for your second Genesis and Super Nintendo. Bye now. I'll have to look it up. In- interesting bit of trivia about me: that's the first game I ever pre-ordered. I went to our local Funko Land. I don't know if you remember Funko Land. I did. They they way before GameStop. Um, I went to Funko Land, and there was a manager there, good looking broad, and I was like, you know, I can't wait what for to get that uh uh maximum carnage. I'm look because they had the big standee and everything. I can't wait for it. I hope I'm able to get a copy. She goes, you know, if you give me five dollars, we will pre-order it and then you can pick it up. I said, here, here's ten. I want both copies. And that's the first game. I never knew you could reserve games back then. That was the first game I ever pre-ordered. And I was like, I mean, I don't do it anymore because now you can just buy it digitally. But I was the first game I pre-ordered was Maximum Carnage for both systems. I was like, man, take my money, please. Besides the music, did you notice any difference between the SNES and Genesis version of Maximum Carnage? To my recollection, I do believe they were carbon copies. This is, the music, the, the Genesis version, the music was a little bit sounded better because I always thought, I always thought when it came to graphics, the NES Super NES had the edge on the graphics. But I always thought the Genesis had way better sound. That yeah. the that it sounded better. So I the, the game would the game looked the same, but I preferred the Genesis version because of the music. It was more. I, I agree with you. A lot. Some people get annoyed with the way the Genesis sound chip sounds, but I personally do like the way the Genesis sounds. 
Yeah, it brought the it brought some of the games. There would be some games for the Genesis. You would be like, oh, I can't stand this game, but I want to hear that music. So you'd play it just to hear that, you know, da, 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 da. I mean, it was uh-huh. just good, yeah, good music. Right, right. So let's go back to Streets of Rage for a few minutes. What is, I mean, I I bet I can already figure out what your answer is going to be, but which out of the three Streets of Rage games is your favorite? I would have to go with the first one. Yeah? For me, it was the first one, yeah. Uh, maybe if it's nostalgia, I don't know, but it was the first one. They got better as they went, but I always found myself plugging in the first one. The first one does have some good music, and it ha- does have some good combat in it. I will say that. It runs it, it it runs at 30 frames per second, I think, so it doesn't look as smooth. But yeah. Yeah, I mean it's it's a great game. Go ahead. Yeah, those older games, there were a lot of them that didn't feel smooth and had a lot of choppiness to them. But I mean, it always made me think, you know, I wasn't a pro I didn't get into programming, but I knew a little bit of I had a little bit of knowledge, and I always assumed that the reason it looked bad. It's because they made these games. I knew they made these games on a computer, and a computer monitor was at a better refresh rate than a television, a tube television. Yeah. So that's why we got them. You know, sometimes they didn't look good because it was made on a PC, and TVs were different. So I always let that go. But there were some games I can't think of any off the top. But there were some games that gave me motion sickness. Because they would like, you know, get a little stuttery. So, but the, the technology was limited then. But I still, you know, even though it was a little jiggery, though, that's still that's first Streets of Rage. That's 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 mine right there. Yeah, for me, I'd have to go Streets of Rage too. I think that was the first one I I played because I think we rented it. Um, so my all my nostalgia is with two. Um, I did play three later on, but three was too difficult for me. Uh, and plus, for on three, if you put that game on easy mode, you're only getting to play half the game. Did you know that? No, I didn't know that. Yeah, the game cuts off halfway through if you put it on the easy difficulty. Hold on, do we have a call? Yeah, but... Yes, we do. Is it someone to tell us that we're uh, going too long on this episode? <laughs> It's Jess. Hi, Jess. Hi, how are you? Good. I'm great now that I get to hear your voices. Oh, my God. I miss you. (laughs) I have a question for you guys. I actually have two questions. Go ahead. I'm available, yes, and yes, we can go out on a date in a couple of days. (laughs) Well, that will be fantastic. I'm ready when you are. Okay. Anyway, until then, what is your questions? All right, so the first one is a question about a Sega Dreamcast game. And the second is um, about a documentary. Okay. So for the Sega Dreamcast game, this is a game. um, I'm not sure when it came out, but I was introduced to it back in like 99, 2000 era. And so far, I have not met anyone who has ever heard of this game and they think I'm absolutely crazy. And it was... As, as weird as it was, it was, I think, pretty innovative for its time. And it was really, really famous in Japan, but not necessarily in the U.S. So I want to see if you guys have heard of it. Okay. All right. So bear with me here. So the game is called Seaman. And it is a game where you are given 
you start off with you have to grow this creature. I so know this game. With like, yep. I, I I know this game. It's very creepy and it weird. came with a it came with a microphone that plugged into your controller. Yes. You could talk to him. And Leonard Nimoy, Spock was the narrator, and the C Man was yes. you know yes. C C Man was all. What are you looking at? <laughs> yeah. My, my name is C Man. Yes, I remember that it, game. If you guys have ever oh, heard, or if you, if you guys have ever watched the Angry Video Game Nerd before, he did an episode on C Man. No way! Oh, I have to go look that up. Yeah, it, 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 yeah. It's, it's it's hilarious too. It's very hilarious. Yeah, you need AVGN. Yeah, Cinemasker. He it's 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 a great episode. But yeah, the C. I remember I had it. I played it. I. I used to cheat, change the clock on the Dreamcast so I could speed it up. Yes, that was one of my favorite Dreamcast oh games. Oh my god, I wish I would have known that because we grew it for like a month, and then one of my roommates set it a fucking spider and killed it, and we were like, "Oh my god!" And we were so pissed. Oh did yeah, I love that game. Did that end your friendship with your friend? <laughs> it, I was pretty. No, I actually, it's my ex-husband. So. Oh, well, that's <laughs> why. That's why he's your ex. <laughs> I should have known then. He fed him the the deadly spider. That should have been my red flag. Yeah, that was just a metaphor how the relationship was going to go with that guy, right? God damn. Exactly, exactly. So well, my second thing was um, there's a really incredible documentary on uh, Amazon Prime called Console Wars. Have you guys seen that? I think there's so many documentaries. I think I did see this one. But I'm unsure because I've seen so many documentaries on Amazon. For I watch any video game documentary, the ET. I watch them all. I might have seen it, and if I haven't, I'll look at it tonight, and it'll either recall or I'll watch the whole damn thing. But I, I think, I think I remember seeing that one. I feel like I've heard of it. I feel like I've heard of it before because wasn't that the documentary series that Seth Rogen was working on, or, was, or am I thinking of something different? I think you're thinking of something different. I know which one you're talking. I know which one you're yeah. talking about, though. This okay. one focuses on like the evolution of gaming from like the birth of it, and then there was like a guy I can't remember which company, but he like created the system like out of his basement, and then someone else took it over. But uh, you're talking about Bushnell, the guy who created uh, Atari, or is that who you're yeah. talking about? And then yeah. and then and they kind of they, they kind of took the company from him, and then. They brought him back later, but then he left again. I think that's, I think I did see this one where he's like ripping yeah. on everybody for screwing him over. Yeah. Yeah. I have seen that. Yeah. One. Yeah. Yeah. It's just really fascinating. I just like, I think it's really fascinating to see the history and the evolution of gaming. And it's just a really great documentary. It's on, on Amazon Prime. Yes. Amazon Prime. I think it's okay. free. I'm going to have to check that out because I have not yet watched it. Um, I've watched a couple of pinball documentaries over the years, but for some reason I haven't watched too many video game documentaries. I don't know why. I just funded one. Uh, uh, Creator VC is doing one called FPS. It's a three-hour documentary on first-person shooters, and it's got everybody back coming from Doom Days all the way to Cliff Berinsky who did the newer games. Um, it's coming out later in the year. I love yeah video game documentaries. I find them interesting too. It's awesome. I'm gonna have to get into. I, know, I love those. Hey Jess, if I start getting into video game documentaries, you gonna come over and watch them with me? Hell yeah, I'll come over anytime. Okay, we, we can't tell your husband about it though. <laughs> I think he'd be cool with it. Okay, 
That's even better. <laughs> if, if he draw, is he, he he can drive you guys on your date. Y'all can yeah. sit in the back seat. There he can go. drive. He can driving Miss Daisy. You guys. Yeah, because I can't drive. <laughs> hey, Jess. Before you go, I do want to ask because we asked earlier when we were on the NES subject. Do you have an all-time favorite game on NES? You know, we were, Nick and I were sitting here talking about that when you guys brought that up. It's so hard to pick a favorite one because it really just kind of depended on what my mood was at the time and what I wanted to get lost in. Mm-hmm. Um, but the the three that I, I, so I tried to think back, like, what did I really gravitate to? So the, the ones that I really, obviously, like, I think Mario was kind of just a given. So I don't even know if you can count that because it's just a given. You're going to go to any of the Marios. So other than those, um, I my I would say my top three would be in and not in this any order, um, Contra, Tetris, and RC Pro Am would probably be my top three that I would really gravitate to as a kid for some reason. Right, and I I understand that because at the end of the day, when we were all younger, it was all about what was the most nostalgia factor and what was most special to us personally. It wasn't about video game reviews and what others thought. It was about what we thought at that time period. Right. And what us and what stimulated us in the moment, you know, and that's, that's why I had to like, for, I had to like erase my current mentality and just think back, okay, no, don't think about what you think now. What did you actually play the most, you know? And those, those were the three that I played the most. Exactly. Um, I think my example for like back then and what I didn't care what people thought back then would be uh, Mike Tyson's punch out. I forgot to mention that one earlier. Oh my well, God! Yeah, classic. No. As a matter of fact, I was just saying to Nick, I was like, there was a song in my head, and I was, I hummed it to him. I'm like, which one is this? What is it? And he's like, that's Mike Tyson's Punch Out. I'm like, that's it. And I had that like song like stuck in my head in the beginning of your show for some, you know, you guys just threw yeah. me back in time. Hell yeah! Um, real quick, what do you have a favorite Sega Genesis game? Um. It would have to be Sonic, I think. That was the most stimulating in every way. It was so, like, innovative. It, it just appeals to all your senses. It's almost like, I, like you know, when you walk into an arcade or into a casino and you see the lights and the sound and everything's fast and new and it was such an upgrade from, you know, from the NES, from those games. It was just, I think it was more fast and more, yeah. you know, more yeah. things happening at once, you know? It was like, yeah. whoa! And you felt more in it, you know? Sonic on the Sega Genesis was visualized titties. It was visual titties, because it was most, the, most, the most beautiful yeah. thing that a gamer could see. Absolutely. Yeah. Um, well, thank you so much for coming on to the show. I'm glad I got to hear your, your voice tonight, Jess. Well, thank you. I'm so glad to talk to you guys again. And uh, I love your show. It was an awesome night. Thank you. Thank you. I love you, too. I mean, I love your shows as well. I love them. <laughs> well, I love you as a person. And you t- it's the first night I've met you, sir, Mr. Paul. And you are such a pleasure. Thank you. I'm I'm the pleasure. She she meant to say I'm the pleasure. But yes, thank you for coming on to my show, Jess. You as well. You as well. All right. Well, you have yourself a very good later. All right. You too. Bye-bye. Bye. You know, it warms my heart and I have a cold heart. It it warms my heart to hear the ladies who play games. Cause I grew up, when I grew up, it was a boy thing. 
and yeah. we were doing stupid boy things. And I smile from ear to ear when I see, you know, walk in and I see a little girl at the bus stop and she's got her switch and she's like eight years old. And she's just, it just warms my heart because it, it's an enjoyable format. And I just, you know, I just, I just gamer girls are awesome. And, you know, I agree with that because like, okay, when I was growing up, it was all boys that were playing video games with me. But now as an adult, for one, I have more female friends than I have guy friends now. And it's so much more natural to sit down with one of my female friends and play any of these video games more so than a guy. Uh, girl gamers are sometimes more patient and more open-minded about you teaching them how to play a video game. And guys are just like, I can fucking handle it. I can learn it. I can do it on my own. Suck my dick. You know, stuff like that. And so, you know, it's, yes, I agree. It's it's great that girls are into games now. Yeah. I mean, when I was growing up, you go to the arcade and play, and the girl, you know, you're at the arcade, and the girl's standing next to you going, can we go? Can yeah. Can we go? Can we go? It's like, go away. Go find someone that can take you home. Go. Yeah. I mean, I mean it, was, it was like, they, if you just take a minute and, to play them, You'll be good. And and women will lose with dignity online. It's not all motherfucker. You know, they're like, oh, man, I can't believe I lost. They're all polite about losing. And they're even, you know, when a guy beats you, it's like, ah, in your face, motherfucker. I kicked your ass. Girl, the ladies are all, oh, man, you're, you're you're not too bad, but I got the edge on you. They're, they're polite. It's I nothing will, like having a polite person kick your ass. Yes, and I will say... Because my game of choice online is Mortal Kombat right now. And it is a very hostile environment to play that game online. But yes, you're right. The girl, when you run into a girl, and I mean it, a, a born and bred woman, not a trans woman, but uh, an actual woman, uh, and you play them, win or lose, they are much more calm, cool, and collected, and much more respectful um, and, and you know, in, instead of the guys. And even the trans women, you know, they get all pissed off and motherfucker, you ain't gonna suck my dick. Cause yes, I got one of those. You can suck it. You know, that type of shit. <laughs> so yeah, I completely agree. Well, girl gamers are the shit. Uh, 100%. No sarcasm there. I, I'd much rather play video games with women than play video games with other males. And I found that what she was talking about. I don't know if you can see it. Console Wars. Okay. It's not on Amazon anymore, but it's on Paramount Plus. So I don't know if you have Paramount Plus or not. Uh, through but, our producer, I do, I believe. Okay, well, there, there it is, Console Wars. So you should well, check it out. It's I, re I remember seeing it. It's wait, really good. Before you click off of that, is it was it directed or produced by Seth Rogen? Look, uh, was Seth Rogen involved at all with that? Because I thought he fucking was. No, it's a guy named Blake J. Harris and Jonah Tullis. It's a it CBS did it. It's CBS owns it. So it's okay. so it wasn't them. But it was I I remember seeing this. It's 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 an hour, it's an hour and a half. It was from 2020, and it is awesome. So yeah, you should it's console wars, it's on Paramount Plus. You should watch it. Okay, I, in all honesty, I will check that out because um, our producer is gracious enough to let me use his account, and I believe I have his Paramount okay. Plus account. Because I, I took your advice and watched Psycho Goreman, so you take Jess and my opinion, uh, and, and you go watch Constantly. Okay, and on the uh, near future episode of Crossing the Streams, we will talk about Paul's thoughts on Psycho Goreman, but not tonight on this marathon episode of video games. I was going to give my... I I was going to give my favorite line from the movie, but I can wait. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't have time for boys. 
Or do I? <laughs> that is a fucking great. That's great. Now, you know, that went, that made perfect sense because the conversation about better to play games with girls. <laughs> but I just uh, loved it. He looked down at that picture and was like, or do I? I was yeah. like, oh my God. I said, and that was at the beginning. So I'm like, okay, this is going to be great. <laughs> Starting Tuesday, Paul. Starting Tuesday. What what does that mean? Yeah, I don't know what that means. Oh, I have he's gonna he's gonna he's gonna take all he's gonna sound bite me. Oh, okay. I think that's what he's referring to. Yeah, that was that was a great sound bite right there. He'll have to go back and rewatch this episode because I noticed he was starting to fall asleep a little bit while Jess was on the phone with us. <laughs> that's that's fine though. He doesn't need to be a part of this episode. I I was asleep before she called. Then when I heard the thing ringing, she woke me up. And I- <laughs> <laughs> That's Damn. okay. That's we okay. Would've, we would have never been able to finish the show. Just, me and you would be asleep. There'd just be this screen. Mike would wake up at like five in the morning. What, 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 what? Listen, if he falls asleep by the time we actually are done with this episode and we try to sign off, and he's he has to be the one to go offline with this episode. That means... On lo- live on the episode, you're gonna have to call him or something and wake him up to, to just sign off on our episode tonight. <laughs> Mike, don't let that happen. Stay the fuck awake, you son of a bitch. Anyway, let's go back to Street. I'm staying awake. Okay. Hey, hey, if he falls asleep and we can't wake him up, I'm I'm not opposed to finding out what city he's in and going nine one one. I need to do a welfare check on my friend. <laughs> I think there's something wrong with him. They'll wake him up. Yep. They will. They'll wake his mama up, too. So, take her fat ass to the nursing home, for Christ's sakes. Anyway, um, so, yeah, Streets of Rage. Let's go back to... What was that, Mike? What? I said yes, please, to your last statement. Oh, oh. you're welcome. You're welcome. Um, Streets of Rage. Streets of Rage. Number two for me, and, and you know, and I'm not saying anybody else's opinion or yours is invalid or anything like that. It, like I said, it's all about nostalgia for each and every one of us. A Streets of Rage 2 to me is one of one of the most perfectly made video games ever because it it, it builds upon what Streets of Rage 1 did. It, it it amplified and improved on every aspect of Streets of Rage 1. And, and it just did it with perfection. I will say this. I do like the music better in Streets of Rage 1. I think the music in the first one, bar none, that's a great that's a great soundtrack right there. And I also think I like the storyline better in the first one. You know, the, st- the storyline in the second one where you have to go rescue Adam. and all, I mean, come on, that dude's a black guy. He could have just shot Mr. X, for Christ's sake. But he got captured. He got captured by Mr. X. And then at the end of Streets of Rage 2, you find them all chained up and shit. God damn it. I mean, that's an okay story. But yeah, the first one's got a better... Uh, it's got a be- better music. It's got a better storyline. And it also has a better start screen, I think, the first one does. I mean, that's a badass-looking start screen. Now, when you mentioned three, playing it on easy, are you saying that it just abruptly ended or does it have like a false ending where it's like play on hard to see the true ending? How did, did it or did it just end? Fuck, I don't remember. I, if I if I really am trying to remember. It ends weirdly at that fight scene where you're fighting the the one like ninja guy that spawns off in the three ninja. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. In front of the, the hut or whatever. 
I think that's the end of the game on easy mode, and I think it flat out gives you the screen. Try the game on a harder difficulty or something. Oh, like okay. That. So they but, troll. But, so they troll you. Yeah, I think so. I think. I mean, anybody in the comments or later on watching this on VOD can correct me on that. I'm not positive because Part Three is not a game I go back to. I'm not afraid to admit that. I. I don't really like Streets of Rage 3. I think it's unbalanced. I think the U.S. version is too difficult. And the Japanese version, you can't read shit because it's in Japanese. Um, but yeah, I, I stick with Streets of Rage 2. And then real quick here, Streets of Rage 4. Oh, my God. It, I never thought that they could make that game as amazing as they did. See, that one I've never played. So now I have it's, to find it. You, Paul, I, what? I, I haven't played 4. You, oh God! Anyway, um, I can understand that because you know, kind of, it kind of did fly under the radar just a bit. Well, now I'm gonna dig it. I gotta find it. I gotta go on the interwebs and find it. I fucking promise you, it it it, it feels just as good. It's it, it's kind of like how two is a progression of one. This is a progression of two. It oh, okay. feels it feels very similar. To, to Streets of Rage 2. It has great difficulty balancing. It has It's a longer game because, you know, in today's world, you can't have just seven or eight levels like the second game does. So it has, I think it has like 13 or 14 levels. Um, in this game, you square off with Mr. X's children. So his, his son and daughter in this one. Uh-huh. And they kind of look like anime characters in this game because that's kind of more so the style. Um, Blaze is in this game. Blaze and Axel, all the original characters like Adam, Blaze, Axel, Max, the wrestler. But I'm telling you, Blaze has got huge fucking titties in part four. I'm <laughs> telling you. And of that alone, it needs to be the reason why you get the game. When yeah. the game starts, it's it opens with a like a, a minute long um animated scene to kind of like for the intro. And oh man. When when you see Blaze, she just she you, she has her back turned to you, and she's wearing like a ja- uh, like a leather jacket. But then she turns around, her leather jacket's open, and her titties just start flopping all over the fucking place. Oh God! Anyway, okay, I'm definitely gonna be looking up that looking for that ROM because now now you got me interested. I don't know if you can find a ROM because it's on it's on the, the current consoles. It's like a PS4 game. Oh yeah, it's a well, current shoot. game. Oh. Then I will definitely, dude. I will. I'm gonna look t- tonight you, before I go to bed. I'll boot that sucker up. You could PS4 probably is right behind me. I th- I think it's like a twenty or thirty dollar game. I don't even think it's a full fifty dollar game. I'm gonna have to look into it. Yeah, Streets of Rage Four. It, and and get the DLC, please, with it. I think it's only an extra five or ten bucks because the DLC adds uh, more characters. You get to play. Uh, they they uh they add Shiva. He's the character that's at the end of part two that you fight off against right before Mr. X, and he's also in part three. Oh, I'm gonna look. I'm gonna I'm gonna definitely before I go to bed tonight. I'm gonna look for that and see how yeah. much it costs. Yeah, yeah. And, and they also add a um survival mode in Streets of Rage Four for the DLC. That is uh, and what that is, it's a never ending, always interchangeable mode where when you start it up. It, 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 you go to different levels, uh, both retro and new, and you fight off against a completely random set of enemies. So it's essentially a new, it feels new and different every time you boot up survival mode in Streets of Rage 4. 
So they have a story mode, an arcade mode, which is basically limited lives, a boss rush mode, a time attack, I think, and then the DLC has survival mode. I highly, if you're going to buy it, I highly suggest you get the DLC just because survival mode is a perfect addition to play in it after the story mode. But yeah, Streets of Rage 4, my man. Because the last modern day game of an old game I remember buying was that Double Dragon Neon. Do you remember that one? I didn't play that one. Yeah, that it was okay, but this one sounds better. So yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna look. I'm it's gonna amazing. Look. Wait a minute. Did you not play Sonic Mania? No, I did I, I got it for free. It was part of PlayStation Plus. I just haven't played it yet. I have it, I just haven't played it yet. What the fuck? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I've been playing the crap out of Bloodborne. I've been playing the crap out of Gran Turismo, and I've been playing at seven, and I've been playing uh, WWE 2K20. Don't don't ever admit that last one. That last one will make you a fag, boy. Don't don't admit that. I might cut that out at the VOD. That he he never plays WWE games, guys. Anyway, um, <laughs> I'm just, maybe yeah. maybe I do hang out at the Blue Oyster Club. I don't know. <laughs> do you like hunky boys? <laughs> um, Maybe. or do you? <laughs> no, so, uh, Sonic Mania, you got to play also because again, it feels like a, a, a like a great sequel to the original three Sonic games. Okay, it, it, it has a lot of remixed versions of old classic Sonic levels, like Chemical Plant Zone, and you know that type of stuff. Green Hill Zone is remixed in it. Um, yeah, man, you gotta play Sonic Mania. I'll have, I think I had, I claimed it, but never installed it because nowadays we have this problem and I can't stand it. <clears throat> G- games are like 100 gigabytes and they sell you a system with only 500. So, yeah, you put like five games on there, you're out of space. So, yeah. I, ha- I have to finish stuff and get it out, get it off the system. So, it's like, oh, I hate this. Games are bigger, but the storage, it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, that's I'm- what I. That's Some, what I do. Go ahead. Sometimes I miss cartridges because it was all there. It was all there. Mm-hmm. Um, that's what I do with uh, Supermassive Games. Have you ever heard of that company? They made Until Dawn, and they're doing the Dark Picture Anthology. Uh, they're coming out with a game here in June called The Query or The Quarry or something like that. Um, and then at the end of the year, I think in October, they're coming out with a game called The Devil Inside Me or The Devil in Me or something like that. They're basically interactive horror movie games and if they're ever. good they're good oh. i i played that what was it the man of uh man of a dan yeah the where they were on the ship that shit yeah. scared the crap out of me i, I was, mean it it was awesome but it scared the crap out of me in some spots i was like oh my god to me that's actually the weakest one that they made um the one that came after that was little hope and then they I just have, little hope i have i haven't played the other two i got that other one free from for through games pass so I might eventually buy the trilogy pack when they're all done, but I've played that first one and I own until dawn, but I am looking forward to the one that you were talking about the quarry one. I've been looking forward to that one. Cause they're fun. It, yeah. They're they're fun. I like that interactive movie stuff is fun. Yeah. 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 Hell yeah. It is. Um, but my point about that is, is like you said earlier, sometimes you have to make room on your PlayStation or whatever and delete games. So that's actually what I do with those games because honestly, 
those games are great, but once you play through them, man, I don't need them on my system anymore. So I delete them because I'd much rather keep games downloaded than I'm going to play online with other people, like Mortal Kombat and my other favorite game, uh, Killing Floor, if you ever heard of that one. So you but, play the game and get it off. So you're not a trophy whore. You're not no. out to get every single platinum. Nope. Bit the, okay. I don't platinum anything. I don't give a fuck about trophies. Okay. I will say, though, I do enjoy unlocking skins and, and stuff like that in Mortal Kombat because every so often I do... Because I only play with one character in Mortal Kombat. I use Sub-Zero. And every so often I do like to change up my look, the look of my Sub-Zero. So I do like in unlocking that stuff. Or sometimes I even buy it. But the thing is, um, the good thing about Mortal Kombat 11... They have something called uh, time crystals, which you can buy time crystals, time, you know, time, whatever the fuck they're called. And it's basically the in-game currency. So you can unlock whatever you want. You can buy whatever you want with it in the game. Right. But yeah. you can also earn time crystals in the game by just playing certain modes in the game. So you can't really be all like, oh, Mortal Kombat's all about loot boxes and all that shit. And, and you got to pay to play no you can also earn in-game currency by just playing the fucking game yeah i have i have a i have 11 i waited until because they had that what was it after after uh there was a dlc for it called after i can't remember aftermath yeah aftermath i waited until i i'm a i can be a cheap bastard i think i paid like 15 dollars and i got everything because i waited until they released everything. So it came with Rambo. It came with all that stuff. But I waited. So the game was like two years old before I bought it. But I have everything. So you got so, it in 2021. <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> yes. I'm Like I said, I am a cheap. I can be cheap. I can be really cheap. So sometimes I wait. Some games I can't. Like the wrestling game that, you know, I won't give you the title. But. I bought it on launch. I actually pre-ordered it. It got the NWO edition, so it cost me a pretty penny. I, I pre-ordered Gran Turismo uh, 7. I also pre-order all the Assassin's Creed games because I'm a sucker for those things. Mm. But there are certain games that, that, that I enjoy, but I'm not the best at. I'll wait until it's dirt cheap. I'm talking like they're practically giving yeah. it away. yeah. Because every, everybody complains, oh, by the time I was done, I spent two hundred dollars on Mortal Kombat. Well, I only spent twenty, so I win. You know. So. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> now, real quick, you said you're a cheap bastard on certain things. Is does that so? When you take your wife out on dinner dates, is there two separate bills? Dinner date? What the hell's that? <laughs> exactly. Never fucking mind. <laughs> I don't go on dinner dates. She makes food. I eat the food, and then I play video games. She I don't. Makes, we don't. She the makes your hot, she makes your hot pockets, and you just go back to playing video games. After twenty five years, romance is dead, my friend. <laughs> yes, that's good. That's good. <laughs> um, by the way, as far as wrestling games goes, the only ones that you could be into that won't make you a fag boy is N- uh, WCW NWO Revenge World Tour and WrestleMania two thousand and No Mercy. No, I love those. I, I somewhere in here, I, I'm not going to take my headphones and dig it off, but I'll have to. Maybe we'll do another part two of these games. I have no, I have all those games still. 64 cartridge, I have them all. I love them. I was a big, big fan of Goldberg because I liked what they were doing with him at first. Yeah, Didn't talk. He just kicked your ass and moved on. But when he, when I saw he was going to be in that NWO uh, Revenge, I was like, 
oh yes that's the only character i ever freaking used yeah jack jackhammers all night long yeah those 64 wrestling games from aki and you they were beautiful they were works of art yeah the 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 thing coming out to the entrances were weak they were shortened and the music sounded bad but it's just you know i just i still sing that one song in my head from uh no mercy walking around the house sometime when you'd be in the menu and it'd go diggity dog i think that fucking yeah. that. i i still sing that i'll be in the shower or doing something it'll pop into my head and people are like what the fuck is wrong with you <laughs> it's an awesome game and this you, they repeated that same song in the menu so many times it got in, ingrained into your brain yeah yeah exactly all right we ain't talking about n64 at the moment though let's no. go back to sega genesis I think we come before we move on. Please, Sonic Mania, Streets of Rage Four. You gotta go out of your way to play them too. I will. I will. Uh, you I promise will. me. You haven't steered me wrong yet with Goreman, so yes, I'll, I'll okay. definitely. Sonic Sonic Mania first because it came out first, and then Streets of Rage Four. All right. All right. Hey, if I have Sonic Mania, on I will download it and have it ready to go tomorrow. And if I don't, I'll look and buy it. And I still, I will play them. Trust me. All right, thank you. A, a host that takes it serious. I like that. A co-host. No, co-host. I'm the host. Yeah, the co-host. Yeah, oh, fuck with sure. on that shit. But anyway, let's go back to the Sega Genesis. Um, we said what there needs to be said about Streets of Rage. All three of them are classics in their own right. But, you know, for one, for you, it's number one's the best. For me, it's number two the best. Um, and, and that, it, hey, that's great. They're both great games. I don't think you could say that either one of those games are better than the other they both have their pros and uh flaws i think um and then three a three got the short end of the stick because of how altered it got because of the u.s international you know that uh, the whole thing yeah um so anyway let's go on to because we were, we were talking about mortal kombat a little bit let's let's talk about the mortal kombat franchise on sega genesis i mean you talk about a fucking mind-blowing balls to the wall decision that sega made that nintendo didn't have the balls to make at the time right let you have the blood let's talk about mortal kombat the original on sega genesis man i remember because we were talking earlier about finding like you know easter eggs and secrets and and magazines and stuff like that i remember i was hanging out with one of my it was one of my parents' friends' um, sons or something like that. And he just had this ra- random video game magazine. And I was looking through it, and I seen something about the blood code in, in Mortal Kombat. And I, I almost thought it was, like, fake. You know what I mean? Because at that time, I couldn't comprehend this concept of adding something to a video game that wasn't already in front of your eyes when you played it initially, you know what I mean? So I went a couple of months playing Mortal Kombat one on Sega Genesis, not just thinking that that was the game. And I already thought it was cool because it looked realistic at the time. You know, they, they, what they call that digitized graphics. They had real actors. Yes. Yeah. Um, at, at that time when I was a kid, I think Kano, was my favorite because he had that like really cool red eye thing going on. Yeah, yeah, I liked his spin move. Yeah, which that spin move could be pretty OP if you knew how to use it for sure. Um, yeah. You know, Scorpion and Sub Zero looked amazing in that first one. Uh, 
And yeah, I just thought it was just, it is what it is. That's the game. But then I, when I read about the blood code, I remember having my mom write the blood code down and how to activate it and when to activate it. I couldn't wait to get home. But even up until the moment of when I was about to put it in, I had it in my mind. This is fake. This ain't going to, like, what is this? This ain't real. And then I put it in and then you immediately get that, get over here or whatever. And it turned all the letters like red or something. I was like, whoa, shit. And then I think I remember when you go to the start menu, the Mortal Kombat logo is originally yellow but then it turns yeah. red right yeah yep. and it's like holy shit this is real and then i mean looking at back at it now it's like it's just two or three drops of blood that comes out when you uppercut someone or whatever right in that game and it's not the, that big of a deal but back then it's like holy shit video games aren't just for kids it's for adults and cool kids you know like that type of yeah. shit Sega did the right, they made the right choice. They gave you the option to either use the code or not, where Nintendo's like, nope, no blood, end of story. Because Nintendo changed their tune on Mortal Kombat 2, but yeah. they like, but that kind of hurt them. They sold more copies on the Genesis than they did on the, on the, on the Super Nintendo. Yeah. Um, there ain't much else to say about the original Mortal Kombat. It was just a straightforward... I did like the Test Your Might, and I, was there Test Your Sight also in the original Mortal Kombat? I can't remember. I think it was oh. just Test Your Might. I think Test Your Sight with the cups involved, I think that came later. I okay, think it was yeah, just it the come. Test Your Might, yeah. Yeah, it did come later. Um, but yeah, the, the original Mortal Kombat, there's nothing else to say about that. I think it was two-player. I think one of the downsides is it only had, what, four or five characters, maybe six. Let's see, Raiden, yeah. Johnny Cage, Sonya, Scorpion, Sub-Zero, Kano. I think. Yeah, I think that might have been it. How much? How many is that? Is that six? I think that was six. Yeah. Yeah. So that yeah. you only had six characters. That's kind of weak. I get that. Um, Shang Tsung, uh, Goro. I mean, you 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 think that like how many tries would it have took you to beat Goro? Like that was an unfair fucking match right there in that game. I couldn't tell you an amount of tries, but I could tell you in the amount of weeks. It took me weeks to beat that guy. Because I I would cake, I would start to get good at it, and I'd cakewalk all the way. Then here he was, dead. Damn it. Get the, dead. Damn it. It's like, oh, I'm never going to get past this guy. He was hard. Yeah. I mean, and then, you know, before Goro, you'd have those endurance matches where you had to go up against two people at, you know, right back to back. And those matches feel like a cakewalk also once you get to Goro. And then it's like, Goro's like, holy shit, this game ain't meant to be beat. No, they were really, it was, it was tough. Yeah. And then, um, you know, after Goro, then you get Shang Tsung. And that, that was a cool boss for, you know, that time period, you know, because he could morph into anyone. And it was so smooth on Sega Genesis. There was no loading time for those morphs or anything like that. Yeah, that was that was the one thing that took me a while to get used to the PlayStation. I played Mortal Kombat on the PlayStation and you do your finisher. It would freeze for a minute. You'd hear the disc and then it would do the finishing move and it like kills the groove waiting. So, yep. so I didn't, I mean, I did get a PS1, but it took me a while to win me over because of Mortal Kombat. Cause it just, it was, I, I didn't like that, that whole, it was like, nah, this is weird. It needs to yeah. be Um, what game exactly are you talking about on the PlayStation? Was it Mortal Kombat Trilogy? I think it was three. I think it was part three. I think it was. So there was uh, well, that, that, that could be true because they did port part three over to the PS1. I think it was the first that was three. 
I don't remember. I'm not good with names, but is three the first one where they introduced the chick who could do shit with her hair? Yeah, Sindel. Okay, then yeah, it was three. Because my wife, me, my wife used Sindel like crazy. Let me just say, Sindel had the best fucking titties in video games that <laughs> that top time. That's the only one my wife would use. She'd whip my ass. She knew how to do the finishing move, and it would drive me nuts. But that's why I said the this, 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 this screen would freeze, it, 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 and then the finishing move would go. And then when she float up in the air, my wife would sit next to me and go. But she would whip, she would whip my ass. With, I hated Sindel. To this day, wow. I still hate Sindel. But, yeah, so it was three. Three's the one then that I was okay. like, I'd rather play it on the Genesis. I, you know, It looked good on the PS1. But it was just, I didn't like that whole waiting for the finishers and stuff. No. Yeah. I, I mean, I know I'm biased, but like either the Super Nintendo or the Genesis version of, of 2 and 3. You know, obviously the first one, don't ever play that on, on Super Nintendo ever. No. But 2 and 3, from what I've heard, and I played both versions of 2 and 3 on, on Genesis and Genesis, uh, SNES and Genesis. But uh, they're both great. Uh, both games are great on both consoles. So um have you ever played trilogy mortal kombat trilogy um i have it on the on my xbox because all these new xbox is all backwards compatible i think i've had it since the 360 but yeah i i've i've played trilogy okay that's unfortunately that's another game that hasn't aged too well it was cool for the novelty of it at first because it had a little bit it, had, it was like the best of of one two and three right um, but yeah, unfortunately, it just doesn't hold up that well to this day. Um, so let's go on to Mortal Kombat 2 on the Sega Genesis. I'm, I'm saying Sega Genesis because I think both of us have played that, these games more on the Sega Genesis and probably the Super Nintendo. Um, man, again, Part 2 improved on everything from Part 1 and just made it a better game, I think. Yes, I thought I was usually like nostalgia, so I would be, but for... for... I like two better than I liked one and three. Two, two, two. I felt three. They were trying to put too much into it, and two, one was not enough stuff, and two was just right. Now, obviously, we didn't know one wasn't enough when it was just the only one. But then when two came out, I'm like, oh man, look at all these characters. And then right. three was like, oh, this is overkill. But two, two is my favorite Mortal Kombat. And yeah, three got a little silly. I mean. Like, I don't know, the backdrops, the storyline, the characters were a little weird. And there's characters that were missing, I think, in part three. And it's like, come on. Like, I don't know. Yeah, two is the best one. And I think three, it wasn't time yet to um, add, you know, complicated combos into Mortal Kombat games. And that's what three tried. Yeah, so. we, didn't have, we didn't have the, nowadays, with all the as convoluted as the controllers are, doing all these little tweaks and stuff work now but back then when you just had you know six buttons on your six button controller and your d-pad you should, don't make it too complicated yeah i mean and like you said you had the six <clears throat> you had the six button controller back then but most people had the three button controller oh it's so, so hard to play those games fighting games with three buttons yeah I think I would argue that Mortal Kombat one and two you can play just fine with a three button controller, but three, no, you you no. need a fucking six button controller. Um, yeah, we're not going to talk too much about three because neither one of us are big fans of that game. But uh, no. two had great, better fatalities, more blood. You didn't have to enter a blood code, which 
That's cool. I I do think that two on the Sega Gen did 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 it have a blood option to turn off the blood in part two? I can't remember. I think it did. I do believe it did because I remember seeing it. My memory makes me think I saw it. And I'm like, huh, I'm never going to use that. So I think it was there. I also feel it might not have been on both versions, but one or the other version I think has a blood option, and that's good to have because that's. Now- now, didn't two introduce friendships and babalities, or was that later? I don't think it. In, I think three introduced babalities, but two introduced friendships, and what I hate the most about the franchise, mercies. Okay, yeah, I don't. You, I don't mess around with that mercy stuff. But I always the only re- and the friendship ones drove me nuts. But just hearing him friendship, friendship, it just made me giggle. Again. Yeah, he said friendship again or something yeah. like that. <laughs> But yeah, I didn't mess with Mercy. I either I either did the friendships or I ripped you apart. I you know, I tell you real quick. For some reason, more on Mortal Kombat 11 online, for some reason the friendships are super popular, and everyone does Mercies too. And then when you don't do a Mercy back to them, they usually say stupid shit to you over the microphone. But for some reason, people would prefer to do friendships over fatalities. So. When I play online, I play as ruthless as possible. I 50-50 my way to a win in a match, and as soon as I beat you, I do a fatality every single time. I don't care how repetitive it gets. I do a fatality all the time. I get See, when people do that, like you're talking about, I don't like that. This is If the game has fatalities, I'm going to use them. I'm not playing this game to make you feel better. Yeah. I'm playing this game because I like it. I spent the $100 on this game and all the DLC, so you can just suck me. I'm going to do what I want to do. Suck me the way my wife doesn't suck me no more. <laughs> so, yeah, I just, I can't, I, it just, it just, you know, just drives me nuts. People get all butthurt over stupid shit. Right, right, right. Um, So back to the Sega Genesis. We're not really going to talk about Mortal Kombat 3. It, that's a game that's for losers. Um. I don't have any experience with this franchise, so why don't you talk to us a little bit about the Street Fighter franchise a little bit? Street Fighter, I just I love the game. I like the the story seems weak, but as it goes on, it's just you know M Bison wants to rule the world, and he's got his henchmen that try to stop you, and 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 you and your and your friend Ken and the people you meet along the way. I just I loved it. It didn't seem to me. It was just, it wasn't that hard. The control schemes weren't too complicated. I mean, it still had, you know, your do this, but there's like no finishers. So it's, you know, just got to learn how to do the, you know, and all that stuff. And it was just, it's, it's a, it, it, I, Street Fighter was awesome. For one, I had, you know, big tits and uh, Chun-Li and she did her, and I just love Street Fighter. And my favorite one I used to use was Honda because he did that thousand fist. And you could just spam it, and people would be like, quit doing that. I'm like, well, if the game didn't want me to do it, it wouldn't have put it in there. But, yeah, Street Fighter was – I liked Mortal Kombat, but Street Fighter, to me, it just grabbed me more. I don't know why. It just – I don't know. It it was the characters. It had the cartoon look. Where Mortal Kombat went more for the realistic look, I thought I was playing a comic book when I played Street Fighter. I understand that because you, like you said earlier, uh, 10,000 hours ago, you said that you kind of grew up a comic book fan, a big time comic book fan. So I can easily see why Street Street Fighter was your game. 
Um, for me, it's, it's the exact opposite. Like by the time I got introduced to Street Fighter, my immediate thought was, why would I play this when I can play Mortal Kombat? It's it's bloodier, it's better, it's got everything I want. Um, looking back on it now, it's obvious that Mortal Kombat, all three games, even the third one that tried to in- implement combos, it was not a very in-depth, well-made game. Like, yes, we loved it for the characters and the fatalities and that wild shit, but if you put Street Fighter and Mortal Kombat up against each other, it's Street Fighter that's got the better gameplay because it, it's just better made. And I even I know that, and I never even played the fucking games. And you should have seen how uh, how big of a dance I did when I went into a. It was a store. I don't know if you were if they had them where you live. It was called Fye. Yeah, F for your entertainment. And I saw yeah. Street Fighter the movie. I'm like, oh no shit! I grabbed it on the shelf. I looked. I said, nope, I'm buying it. It's like I don't care. I'm buying this because I it and it was a very. I went and watched it. I ran home, you know, got home right away and opened this DVD, put it in. I was like, man, this is going to be fun. It was so cheesy, but I still liked it. And it and it, and it just expand made me want when it was done, I was ready to go play Street Fighter. You know, cuz it just it was a it was a it was a good story, it was a good anime. So, I'm I'm I can be when it comes to stuff like comic books and animation, like if I can play the game and then watch an anime and then I can go back and be like, oh, I'm in the universe. I'm the man now. You know, it, it, I, I just I let my imagination just go. And, and you know what? I recently bought the Evil Dead game for PS4 and I feel the same way. I'm not very good at it and I'm still kind of slowly getting into it. But I see what you mean because like it's it's fun as hell to play the game as either Ash or Kelly or Pablo or, you know, any of the other characters that, uh, you know, from the past movies, you know, Lord Arthur and Henry the Red is in the game and all that shit. So I know what you mean. Like, you know, turn on one of these games and then be in the world. And that's how I felt when I played Ghostbusters, the game back in 09. Remember that? Yeah, that one was, uh, it was an unofficial sequel to the movies because they were involved in it. Yeah. That's the one where you're like the new guy. And it starts off in the hotel, then y'all and y'all leave the hotel. Now you're walking down the streets. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah I have it. I love it. I, I yeah. bought it twice. I bought it for the PS3, and then I bought the remaster on the, uh, on the PS4. I think it yeah. was. So yeah, yeah. I thought it was a good game, and and at the time we never thought we were going to get another movie. So it it worked as a Ghostbusters three to me. Yeah. So. Uh, perfect segue in here because we're about, still on the Sega Genesis. How do you feel about the Sega Genesis Ghostbusters game? No, I didn't like it. Didn't like it? No, no, I didn't. It was, I wasn't, I, I was like we said earlier, I was most of the movie, most of the movie based games, they were just a cash grab. They didn't have a lot of effort in them. They were either too easy and stupid or they were sh- stupidly too hard. And they just wanted, you know, we got a license, throw something together for the license expires. And then people wear it out and bought it. I mean, like one of the Terminator ones wasn't so bad, but for the most part, movie, you know, the movie ones were terrible. Yeah. And plus Ghostbusters, the Sega Genesis game was kind of like a cheap knockoff Contra game almost. It was just not balanced well. I, I do have nostalgia for the Sega Genesis Ghostbusters game. I... If I had to pick one Ghostbusters game from the past that I like other than the the 2009 game, I would pick the Sega Genesis game because I thought the NES Ghostbusters game was pure trash. 
Was that the one where you just had the map and the ghosts were going into the, and it was like, what am I supposed to do? Oh, yeah. Just, yeah. 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 I, that one was, yeah. Now I'd rather play the one on the Genesis than that one. Cause that one was definitely better than the first one, but it just, it still wasn't for me. Yeah. I agree with, with all that. That, that. We didn't have a good Ghostbusters game until 09, 2009. No. Now, now TV shows were different. Um, I don't know. Did you ever play? I don't know how you were on Batman, but they had the adventures of Batman and Robin on the Genesis, which was based on the animated cartoon. And, and it that was, was, it, it was, that like was a, a good game. It was like yeah. another Contra game. Yes. Yeah. Um. No. Okay. So here's the funny thing about that. I didn't play that as a kid growing up, but when I bought my Super Console X back in March, I, I heard about it and I started playing it. And it, I can't get very far in it, but I like it. Yeah, I like it too. It's not bad at all. So for TV shows, that one was that game turned out well, but for movies, it usually it's the same. It goes back in reverse. It's hard to make a good video game based on a movie, and it's hard to make a good video game movie based on a game. Well, like, I, I like the Mortal Kombat movie. A lot of people think it's terrible. The second one wasn't that good, but I still enjoyed it. But the first one I really enjoyed. But I didn't like the Super Mario movie. I'd still watch it now for nostalgia purposes, but the movie was crap. Uh, the only video game movie that I go to my grave right now, if I died right now, I personally think that Resident Evil Welcome to Raccoon City is the best video game movie that's ever been made so far. Because it's the closest thing to the source material. Yeah, they had to add some stuff and do it, shorten it up and speed it up, but it's really good. But it, you know, but but back then, movies didn't translate well into video games. I agree with that. Um, real quick here, let's go on a quick sidetrack uh, conversation. Um, the Resident Evil movies, I I have a fondness for all of them. Um, I I personally love the Mila Jovovich, Paul Anderson Resident Evil movies. I know they're terrible. I know it, but they have a beginning and a definitive end. The final chapter gave you that definitive ending to that franchise. Well, I do own them all. I bought the collection on Voodoo. I do like them because you're right. They may be way off the beaten path of the game and just loosely based, but all the way through, it's not like they drop the ball and change things on you. It just gets a solid story that, you know, Alice's story from beginning to end is there. Yep. I enjoy them. It's just, I think they would have, it, it, they could have been called something else, and it's. I still would have enjoyed it. Yeah. I just think the Resident Evil title, the first one was a little bit close to the game, if you could say, because it took place in a mansion and this that. But I think, I don't know. I feel they should have just. It should have been its own series called something else. They shouldn't have called it Resident Evil. But- but if they did that, this franchise wouldn't have made millions upon millions, and they wouldn't have been six complete movies from beginning to end. So, and you're right. You're and you're uh, you're 110 right on that. It's if they had done it the other way, we would have seen one movie. What? Yeah, the, 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 red, the Red Queen. What is this crap? You know. Yeah, and 110. percent That's the exact percentage of the amount of love you have for me right now. Yes, 110. It'll probably oh. be bigger later, but right now 100. Yeah. When we enter hour 11 of our uh, marathon conversation. Hey, guys, we're just getting started here. Paul, I don't know if you're getting tired or not, but I'm not getting tired. I'm having a great time so far. I think we're going to end up having people that's going to join us at the beginning, uh, fall asleep for a full eight hours, come back, and we're still going to be joined. 
how are we still going to be doing this? No, Jess is still awake. She's with us. She said, I know our producer's sleeping, so he ain't going to put the comment up on the uh, on the screen. But she says that um, Resident Evil adaptions are brilliant. 100%. I have to add Silent Hill as well. Yes, the Silent Hill movies are good. I think I like them both. Yeah, I thought they were also loosely based, but they were really good. And I liked how the second one wasn't like 10 years later or a totally different. It, it segued from the first one to the second one. Nice and all it fit in a nice package. I own those two movies, too. I thought they were good. You know, I, I mean, it was I didn't think the Silent Hill movie was going to be good because I was let down from, you know, because other video game movies. But yeah, they did it. I think they did a decent job. Yeah. You know, it, 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 you know. And Sean Bean lived, so he usually dies in his movies. He didn't die till the second one, so right. You know, it, it was it was a it was a treat, but no, it was a good. They were good. She's right. The Silent Hill, because that game scared the crap out of me. I was an adult, scared the crap out of me. Yeah, I definitely agree with that, and I agree with the, uh, Jess as well. Um, I do want to touch on something real quick before we leave the Resident Evil uh, conversation. Yes, you are right. Ra- Welcome to Raccoon City. As much shit as that that movie gets because I mean, you can't please anybody. It seems in today's world anymore. Like, um, I will say that I thought the dogs looked like pure shit and welcome to record because they weren't real. They those were digital digitized dogs. Did you know that? Yeah, they could have done a little bit. I know the technology they have. It still would have looked fake, but it could have looked still a little more real. You know, if the Jurassic Park dinosaurs, even back then, were like, oh, my God, dinosaurs are real. There's a real island with dinosaurs on it. Those dogs should have looked a lot better. Fuck yeah. I mean, the dogs um, the dogs from the, the very first Paul Anderson Resident Evil movie in t- 2002, those looked better than this looked in Welcome to Raccoon City. My God. But other than that, that was that, it was a fucking great movie. Yeah, they, I, like how, I like how it was basically resident evil one and two running at the same time because you had the people in the in the in the in the mansion from part one but then you had part two stuff at the police station going on so i like how they mashed them together but it still had the train ending from the first game where they escaped the the, the from the labs at the, under the mansion in the train it's just the way it ended i'm like because I saw the movie on Voodoo, so it had been out and everybody had already shit on it. So when I saw the ending, I'm like, man, they're going to leave us hanging. They better make another one because it was good. I liked it. I don't know if they're going to make another because I don't know what kind of money that one made. I know that, the, like I said, the original six made hella money. Each installment in the Paul Anderson Resident Evil movies made more money than the last one, which is I mean, you can say whatever you want about that movie, but those movies, but the financially speaking, the Paul Anderson Resident Evil movies was a financial juggernaut. Oh yeah, but, they made a lot of money. Yeah. Um, but yeah, as far as what Rack uh Welcome to Raccoon City made, I don't know. Uh if our producer wasn't sleeping right now, I would have him Google that and look it up for us and let us know when he wakes <laughs> back up. But um I do and you know what, and and I do gotta say one last thing. And I know maybe I shouldn't say this on this type of show or whatever, but I just want to make sure everyone understands before I say this, this is my opinion alone. Paul has nothing to do with this opinion. He probably has a completely different opinion. I, to the, to the brim, to my fucking cold heart, I boycott the new Netflix Resident Evil show. I do for two reasons. One, it looks like a teen drama. And for two, and unlike everyone else, I ain't afraid to say this, 
Albert Wesker should not be a black man. Yes, there I said it. Paul, you don't have to comment on it if you don't want to. I bet you the actor is an amazing guy. I'm willing to bet I, he's probably an amazing actor. But if you wanted a strong black male in a Resident Evil movie, create an original fucking black male character that's strong, that's independent, that everyone can get behind. Do not make Albert Wesker a fucking black guy. Albert Wesker is a white German Nazi. That's what he has always been traditionally. That's what he always should be. And again, nothing against, I think his name is Lance Riddick, I think his name is. Oh, I, I, he's a good actor. I like him. Okay, so you don't know nothing about this show. No, because Lance Reddick, he was in The Wire. He was on Fringe. He's an okay. awesome actor. I didn't yeah, know he I've, was playing Whisker. Yeah, I've heard he's an amazing actor, and I'm willing to bet he is, and I think he'll kill it as Wesker. I, I know he will. He'll do a great job. But yeah, Netflix is coming. It's already done. It's got a release date. I think it's coming out soon. Yes, he is playing Albert Wesker, and the, the show is about Albert Wesker and his daughters. He's got daughters, and different daughters are in different timelines of the Resident Evil universe. It looks like a teen drama that's just purely focused on being woke. Wow. That's it. And, hey, guys, you know, before anyone wants to call me a racist or anything like that, I love movies with black characters in it. I'm a huge fan of Beverly Hills Cop. I love all those Eddie Murphy movies, and I like movies still to this day with awesome black characters in it. But I'm sorry, Albert Wesker is not a black character. Stop race-swapping characters just to appeal to certain people. I know I went off on a bit of a tangent there. (laughs) We're in our... Listen, we're... We're in hour three. I can fucking go off on a tantrum once in a great while. <laughs> but um, yeah, I that's just my opinion. Don't race swap characters. Um, like for an example, Tyler Perry played Baxter Stockman in that last Ninja Turtles movie. I like Tyler Perry. He's a funny guy, right? He's really funny. He's great. But as Baxter Stockman, come on. His name's Baxter Stockman, not Blackster Stockman. I'm done. That's just all. That's all I wanted to say about. It. <laughs> but anyway, um, I know you don't really want to speak too much on it, so we'll move on. But um, let's talk just a bit about the Resident Evil video games and how fucking scary they were back in the day. Man, that shit scared me every time. And I could play it a million times. And them dogs, I'd creep down that hallway. And I'd move a little bit and move a little bit. And then when they broke through the glass, I still jumped every single time. It's like, dumbass, you knew that was coming. Why you got to jump yeah. like that? Yeah, now, they were they were made. They were awesome. Now, I got to ask, are you more emotionally attached to the original version of Resident Evil or the um, the remake that came out later? I think on GameCube. Um, The original, the, the original. original. Yeah, I did like the remake. They that I got on the PS4 when they changed the controllers because back in the day they had what they referred to as the tank controllers where you move forward and then you have to like completely turn around because if you push backwards, you actually walk backwards and the controls were, yeah, you were used to them then, but now no one makes those. So if you gave a a 15 year old kid now the original PlayStation and put it in, he'd be like, how the hell you walk around? So I liked how they updated the controls but the, it's it, the the original the original game, and I well okay I won't say the original game when they came out with the on the PS one when they came out with Resident Evil the director's cut, where they could put they put some of the stuff back in that they removed. Yeah, um, yeah, that one that one is the one that I like the best for you now, know, for, for original. Yeah, 
can you recall any what is some of the stuff that they put back into the director's cut? I think it was blood and, and some gore, and I think I think something that happened during the live action stuff. I don't remember yeah, I, if if I remember correctly, the original live action scene was in black and white, but then they added color to it later on. Yes, yes. It was yeah, right. that, yeah. They changed the opening scene, and there was just some stuff in the game with some blood and some of the gore they put back in. That, but that one part when the dog got that guy and Jill was all like Joseph. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but um, so I never, like I said earlier, I never owned a PS One. I owned an N sixty four, and my God, how the fuck did they get the entire game of resident evil 2 on the n64 cartridge you know what i mean nintendo has been kings of compression i don't know what it is because even on the switch and wii u and the wii there were games that like i don't know how this game fit on here but they're good at compressing it and getting it to i don't know it's nintendo magic yeah and real quick nintendo are not only kings of compression but they're also kings of suppression too because they're suppressing all the roms and shit and all that i hate I kind of hate Nintendo right now. I'm not going to lie to you, man. Like Nintendo has become the WWE of of the video game world. Yes. And they <laughs> should be ashamed. Yeah, god damn it. Anyway, um so I had I had uh, Resident Evil 2 on the N64. I loved it, but I was so fucking scared of it. And it's so weird to think of now like how a game like that could scare anyone. But man, back then that game those games were scary as fuck. Oh yeah, they they knew what they were doing, just like with Silent Hill. Uh, did you play Silent Hill at all? Mm, I play. I had Silent Hill two, but I didn't play all the way through it. So you're gonna have to talk a little bit more about the Silent Hill franchise than me. Silent Hill was so dingy, and they did this whole environment thing with the clouds, and you could only see with your flashlight, so it was dark, and it was just so creepy. But when you went to this school, there was a high school that you went to. And they had these little babies that were solid black. And they were little fetuses. And they would... And they walked around and they scared the crap out of me. I'd see them and freak out. Be like, oh, I got to get away from these things. That whole game, it wasn't so much that that game had jump scares and stuff. It was creepy. They did. They had creep... The environment was creepy. When you right. hear that loud horn and it would change from the... The, just a regular town to the nightmare town. It was just, it was the environments, the, and the slowness. Some of the creatures, you could run away from them, but they were like designed weird. It was just like, you know, it, it, it had more of a creep factor than it was a, I'm going to yeah. scare you. It just right. made you feel uneasy. And, and as far as from what I remember about it, it wasn't a combat heavy game. It was, you needed to run from everything. Yeah. Just solve puzzles and run. And then save your ammo and your weapons and stuff for when it came to a boss. But just try to run from everything. And yeah, it was it was more creep for me. It felt like it was more of the environment and the creep factor than it was. Resident Evil was going for good old B movie zombies and, and that which was good. And I still like it. But you know they went more of the psychological route with Silent Hill, and it worked. They were both gems. Why do you think Silent Hill has died off in recent years and Resident Evil is flourishing? Because Konami is a terrible company and over in Japan, they wanted to focus on pachinko machines, which is a game over there where you just, you can go into these gambling casinos and put quarters in it. It just shoots a ball up and it just drops it down into the, and they just wanted to move into that. I mean, they killed Silent Hills that, that 
Guillermo del Toro was going to do. And it's just, it's just bad management. Silent Hill died because Konami turned into a shit company. And that is such a goddamn shame that Silent Hills got canceled because back in 2014, I think that demo came out that set the gaming world on fire. Yeah. Everybody was talking about it. There's people who still have it, who won't even get rid of their PS4 because it's still on there. Because when Konami did their thing, they pulled it. Even if you had it on your download list, you can't download it. It'll it still shows up on your list, but right. it's not available. I mean, that was an ass. That was the completely ass thing to do. Like, let's at least let's let us keep the demo. But no, Konami. They're EA's pretty bad company, but Konami's they're terrible too. I mean, the 35th anniversary or 40th anniversary for Castlevania. What are you gonna do? What kind of game are you gonna do? And what do they do? They sell a bunch of NFTs. The fuck, dude? Release a, release a new Castlevania game for the anniversary. No NFT. I don't want to buy your fucking gifts. Fuck that. What NFT stands for? Non-refundable? Non-fungible token or something, I think. I, I don't know. It's stupid. That's all right. We're not going to talk about gay things on this marathon of an episode. Um, Let's get back to the Sega Genesis. We really went off track with things like I knew we would. Yes. <laughs> We're going to try to wrap this up within the next hour or so, maybe even less. But so what are some like random games that you remember from the Sega Genesis outside of the main hitters like Streets of Rage, Sonic, Mortal Kombat? Oh, man. Uh, trying to think. Uh, While you're thinking, I forgot because I, I got to ask this before I forget. Have you ever played a game called Immortal? Oh, yeah. That's the one that had like that old king like man on the cover. Yeah, it was a dungeon crawler, wasn't it? Yeah, and but it was gory as fuck. Yeah, I remember the immortal. That was a good one. Um, oh, oh crap. I, I wish I could. It's so hard to remember them. Somebody brings them up, I'll be like, oh, yeah, I remember that. But coming up with the names off the top of my head. I remember. What? My age is getting oh. to me, and there's been so many games in my life. I don't remember the names, but I. But as soon as I see it, I'm. Oh, I remember that. Oh, I, I remember, remember that. this fucking like it was so weird, and I know it existed on the Sega Genesis because I played it all the time. But it was this futuristic robotic baseball game. Do you know what I'm talking about? Yes. It was oh. something like it was just something called something like Super Baseball 2000 or something like that. Everybody but, was a robot. Yeah, and it was fucking amazing. It was better than any other of the baseball games that was out at the time. I remember. I just, yeah, I just don't remember what the fuck it was called, but that was a fun random game. Jesus, what else did I have? Oof, Sega Genesis. Um, they did. I, I do believe they did a home improvement game on the Sega Genesis, I do believe, because it was on the Super Nintendo 2, where you were Tim the Tool Man, and you were traveling through time, and you had to collect things to get back to the... It was really stupid, but I, I remember I remember there being a home improvement game. I remember a Home Alone game on Sega Genesis. Yeah, I remember that. Um. Oh, man, I played this game on Sega Genesis. It was a compile game. Uh... It was it, oh my fucking god! It was a space shooter. It was it was like a shoot 'em up. But damn it, I cannot remember the fucking name of it was. Oh my god! Oh Musha! It was called Musha. Oh yeah, I remember that. I remember that. Yep. Musha was great. Yep, I remember that. Um, there was a lot of ones that I played. Uh, damn. Uh, Silfied. 
Do you remember it was S I L P H E D? I think that's how it was spelled. No, Sophie, you don't remember I that remember was a that. space shooter. That was a good one. Damn, I remember the Thunder Force games, but very like vaguely remember the Thunder Force games. Shinobi, Shinobi, yes, the Revenge of Shinobi. Yep. Um, Shin- yeah. yeah, fuck, those were good. Good games, although I will say I didn't get very far far in them. No, they were tough. Shinobi 3 was even tougher. And they added magic and stuff, so it made it a little bit more mm. difficult. Yeah. Mm, mm. The fuck else did I... Oh, NBA Jam? We can't forget about the awesome sports games. Bill Clinton. Was Bill... That's right, you can play as Bill Clinton in NBA Jam. <laughs> yeah. I think Hillary was in there, too. And there was, like, all sorts of stuff that was locked. They had all these characters locked behind there. But uh, yeah, Bill Clinton, because whoever did a voice of him, and he did that, and he sounded oh, like, hey, "I'm Bill Clinton, uh, my fellow Americans." <laughs> yeah, but I remember that they had a lot of characters locked behind the uh, behind codes. Was it they Dennis, got in trouble for Dennis, some of them? Was Dennis Rodman uh, behind the code, or was he was just playable? I think no, I think Rodman was behind the code. Okay, because he he played for. San Antonio, and then he went to Chicago, and I think when he went to Chicago, he was put behind a code. I, I, I think, I think his later, I think there towards the end, he was put in behind a code. Okay. Now I will say because there was more than one NBA Jam, there was like NBA Jam tournament, and then NBA Hang Time. I didn't, unfortunately, I didn't play those. I just kind of, I just had the first NBA Jam. I had the first NBA Jam. I do believe I did have tournament. Tournament added some more characters, and it. I think they sped it up and did a little bit more craziness to it, but it wasn't too far removed from the original NBA jam. Yeah. Um, yeah. 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 Um, did you play? Oh, fuck. It just, it just escaped me. The fuck was I even thinking about? Oh man, these long episodes. We, we was not prepared for this type of long conversation. Was we? No, no. <laughs> Don't worry. We're going to wrap it up soon. We're going to breeze by the Super Nintendo because I never even owned a Super Nintendo until I was in my like early 20s. But um, fuck, what else on the Sega Genesis was just random that we played? I, You know, on the Sega Genesis, I was a lot more all about the big hitters. I don't know why. I just, I remember a Star Trek game, but I didn't like it. Oh, 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 oh. Yeah, there was, a, I had, there was a Star Trek game where you started off it was, I think it was for Super Nintendo, I think, where you, Starfleet Academy, where you were a cadet the whole game. And then something happened on the, sh- you, you did the Kar- Karabashi Maru, and you, then you were on their ship learning, and then something happened, and you had to take over the ship because something happened. So you were acting captain. That was a fun one. But there was, I had, I just don't, I have to move. We, we will have to do another episode like this because be, behind me here, I'd have to move my entire table. It would screw everything up. I have the Sega. I literally have the Sega Genesis version of what you're talking about for the Dreamcast uh, for the Sega Genesis. I actually have the game, and I just can't remember the name of it. But I I still own the cartridge. Mm-hmm. It was a, I, I liked it. It was a fun one. I just yeah because it was it was the next generation. Yes. It, yeah, but I can't remember the name of it. But it's like it's like right there. Yeah. You know yeah, you can no, you can get up and stretch your legs if you want. If you're gonna have a, if you have a trouble getting up from that position, I'll understand. Our our fans who, our viewers who are watching who fell asleep and are now waking back up for their jobs, they're, they'll understand. They're probably going. These fucking guys are still on. 
Right. I knew neither one of these guys get any pussy because they just talk about video games for three and a half hours. <laughs> um, while you're looking for that, I just, another game just popped in my head. Did you ever play that Batman beat em up? I think it was actually Batman Returns. That was terrible. That you was thought that was terrible? terrible? I thought it was okay. I was in a, I was not a big fan of that one. I found you my like, uh, like the movie though, right? Yeah, I do. I found my NES Advantage. Do you remember the? Oh, yes. What's the green? What's the green thing on it? That was the price tag from where I bought it. Well, how much was it? Sixteen ninety nine. Wow, man! I can see that your hair's falling out. Are everyone can see your hair a little bit falling out? My little bald spot right there. Yeah, yeah it's thinning. I'm getting old. I just what's your posters on the wall back there? I see an it poster. Is that a Christine poster? No. I have Ouija, Origin of Evil over here. Uh-huh. I have the It. I have Deepwater Horizon. I have uh, Central Intelligence. And over there, I have the remake of uh, The Blair Witch. Oh. You're a fan of the remake? I'm a fan of the poster. The poster rocks. The movie. Oh, rocks. yeah. You're right about that. The poster does rock. I, I see it now. Yeah, the poster's really cool. Yeah, I don't know what I did with my freaking stuff. That's all right. It, I'll, I'll, I'll have it ready for the next time. Okay. Now, because we are getting on the three and a half hour mark, we're going to quickly brush past uh, some of the, our thoughts on the Super NES. I do apologize to everyone. This went a lot longer than we thought. But, hey, we're, we had a great conversation tonight. We had a lot of fun. I did. I I, I mean, I'm getting tired. That's why I said I'll, I'll come back and do it again, and we can pick up right where we left off. We could, you know, make yeah, we could make a career out of just following the generations of video games. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, let's let's talk a couple of bullet points on Super Nintendo, then we'll call it an episode. Because um, you know, we talked a lot about Mario Three, that and how that's one of the greatest games of all time. There's a lot of discussion to be had also about Mario World on the Super NES being better, uh, or it may be the, about the same. Well, what would you what would you think about that? What would you have to say about that? When I first played Mario World, I wasn't a fan at first of riding around on Yoshi and eating and, the, and doing all that. But over time, over time, it grew on me and I thought it was an excellent game. But I still like Super Mario 3 better. Yep, I'm right there with you. Uh, I think that Mario World looks prettier, obviously, because it's on a 16-bit console instead of 8-bit. But I, I think Mario 3 is more creative. And I, yeah. That's how I feel. I think the only thing is the boss battles in Mario World are way better. Yeah, they, they are. And one other thing that I have a problem with Nintendo over the years is their lack of love for Luigi. You know how many games Luigi was left out of? It's like, really? Yeah. You just well, I, I remember growing up thinking, why the fuck wasn't Luigi in Super Mario 64? That would have been great. I don't know, but it was Mario World, not Mario Brothers World. I don't, I don't know, Luigi. I love that game that came on the GameCube. The, 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 what, yeah, those were that was great. I loved it. So I mean, I miss Luigi. I, you know, but he was only in the party games and stuff. It's like put him back in with his brother. You know? Yeah. What the fuck. Um. So yeah, you had Mario World. What are other some big hitters? Mario Kart was revolutionary, and it yeah. Just, it, People loved Mario Kart. That was a. You'd have friends that'd be like, "What do you want to play? Let's play some Mario Kart, man." 
You don't yeah. want to play some. You don't want to play some Super Tech Mobile. No, let's play Mario Kart. Yeah, right. Mario. They love Mario Kart. Mario Kart was a good one, and I actually love some of the hidden gems. That a lot of people don't like. I liked all the Super Star Wars games that were on the NES. They were hard. They were hard as hell. But I loved you know Super Star Wars, Empire Jedi. I loved them. I liked that. Uh, the Indiana Jones games they had on the Super Nintendo were fun. And, you know, I just, those were, those are like what I call the hidden gems. People, a lot of people don't even know there was, there was an Indiana Jones game. Yeah, there was. Real quick on back to the NES real quick. Did you ever play a game called Bayou Billy? Yeah, that was, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, I remember that one. That's only a game you can bring up at the three hour and three and a half hour mark in a fucking video game stream. Bayou Billy. <laughs> That, at, least, or, at least that game tried. That game yes. tried to be a little bit of everything. And what was it that? Two, a little bit of everything. And there was that other one, what, Two Rude Dudes or Dudes with Tudes or something that was on the, the NES. Do you remember those? They were, oh, they were. Yes. Cold Dudes or Bad Dudes or something. Yeah, it was something. Yeah. Like yeah. yeah they were. Damn it. <laughs> we're, you know, and just like Jess said before, we're going to have to, we, we'll definitely have a part two, maybe with, you know, better, more discussions about maybe video game, uh, video game movies or uh, movie video game movies. Uh, you know what the fuck I'm trying to say. We're at the three and a half hour mark, people. Yeah. But anyway, um, another big hitter on the Super Nintendo, uh, Yoshi's Island. Have you played that one? Yeah, that one. I didn't really like the Yoshi's Island one. I've played it. I, I probably have a copy of it somewhere. But I wasn't, I didn't, it wasn't for me. That one just, I, I tried it and it was just, I just could never get into it. You looked a little embarrassed when you were admitting that. You were itching your neck and shit like, oh, what's he going to say about that? That's okay. <laughs> uh, if you don't like Yoshi's Island, that's on you, buddy. I, no. I'm okay with it. Sometimes when I say, some, sometimes I don't like stuff that was popular and people rip on you. How could you not like it? Well, I, yeah. just, I just didn't. Yeah, and, and it all jokes aside, that's actually a very toxic thing in society. Just, just how could you not like? Yeah, and then you, what? You're gonna make me feel like shit just because I wasn't into the popular thing that you were in. It's it into like, yeah, that's that's pure shit, man. I don't like doing that. Um, I, yeah. I can do I can do that with a close friend. You know, hey, did you see that such and such movie? Yeah, man, it was terrible. What was wrong with you? You dumbass? You a dick? But he knows I'm kidding because I'm just being rude to him. But perfect strangers nowadays will be like, you're an idiot for not liking that. You know, so. yeah, keyboard warriors, man. Yeah, yeah. Definitely. All right. Well, Mario World One and Two. We have quickly talked about that. We are going to cap it off there because there is so much more we could talk about the Super Nintendo. We will. I think we will hold this off until maybe uh, maybe a back half of the next episode of Crossing the Streams or something like that because. We were at three hours and uh, three and a half hours, essentially. Our producer has fallen asleep. We're going to be spending the next couple of minutes uh, with Paul texting him and may or maybe even calling him to let him know to sign off. Mike, if you are awake, come on into the show and let us know because we are uh, at the end of our episode. Finally, I don't. I, think he- I don't think so. I sent him. I sent him a thing on uh, on. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, I'm trying to get a hold of him, and if he doesn't wake up, I'll 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 call him through here. But yeah, yeah, just go. He ain't because if he's asleep, a text message is not going to wake him up. Hearing our voices is not going to wake him up. So I think because what what Jess called him called through um the, the the website or Skype or something like that. So I don't know if if a phone call. <laughs> I'm really using can- my I'm using my uh, Facebook. 
messenger to see if he'll okay wake him up. I don't know if he's even got his phone nearby. Or... I don't fucking know either. Are... There oh, he is. There he is. Mike. Wait. Hi. Wait. I'm here. I was just the other one had to go to the bathroom, so I was like okay. From okay. Thank Christ. Well, Mike, we have had a successful episode. We are signing off at the moment. Ladies and gentlemen, before our producer. Where the hell are we? Hold on. Yeah, where (laughs) are we? All right. I will. Good show, guys. I'm going to take my leave and I will wrap it up after you say uh, goodbye. All All right. Awesome. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you so much for joining us on this. Probably one of the most fun episodes I've ever done. I think you as well, Paul. Oh, I, 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 I'm ready. For, I'm, I can't wait for round two. All right, round two. We will have more discussions on Super Nintendo. Uh, we'll talk a little more PlayStation N64. We, we trust us. We have another three and a half hours worth of conversations on episode two. We will break this up into two parts. Until then, thank you so much for watching. Share our episode, please. Uh, tell people about our channel, Rabbit Red Radio uh, Network uh, we have a, a bunch of awesome shows. Paul, before we go, is there anything you want to plug? Uh, no, I'm good. I ain't got nothing going on except this stuff with you. Okay, awesome. Um, if we haven't announced this yet, Paul will be coming on as a permanent host to uh, Crossing the Streams, at least for quite a while until he gets p- uh, pissed off and fed up with it. Um, but yeah, I think if anything, no one's going to deny the fact that me and you have amazing chemistry on a three and a half hour show. So we'll, we'll have to get a little cake and put our things on there and, uh, you know, we'll be a couple soon. Yeah, that's fine. Especially with how there's no more romance in your marriage. So we have, right. to, we're going to yep. bring romance back. Yep. I have to, you know, you're, a, you're a young guy too. bring some thrill back to my life. Yeah, okay. Um, and on, on my end, um, we're doing something different with Tales from the Crypts. We're going to spin it into a show called Cody's Hot Seat. We're going to be premiering a brand new episode of that, I think, within the next week or two. Um, we'll have more information on that soon, so check out that when it is available. Other than that... It's uh, it's next it's next week. Next week. Next Saturday or Sunday, right? Next week. Next Saturday with, next Saturday with uh, Joe at 1035. Uh- Okay, awesome. Um, Well, that's it, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining us on our video game episode. I'm Cripple Cody. That is Polio, apparently. (laughs) And we will see you on the next episode. Talk to you then.
You've gotten lucky. Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.